Welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif, and today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, my next guest is a member of the fifth highest selling RB group of all time with over 60 million records sold, seven number one hits, and 15 top 20 hits, countless Grammy nominations. And she later linked up with Raphael Sadiq and Ali Shaheed Muhammad to form another super group and continue to make classics. With all that being said, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast, the beautiful, the sexy, the talented Dawn Robinson of En Vogue and Lucy Pearl. Let's go. today i am doing amazing i really am life is good it's you look really beautiful good. you look beautiful i want to say this so i want to say this i've been a lifelong fan um you know ever since you guys came out i have been i have been totally attached to your mo your movement and wow. i see that you're doing a lot of runs you're doing a lot of interviews oh my talk god to me, talk to me about <laughs> that what is going on oh, what is it crazy yes i can't it's amazing like i was telling Talk someone to the day that i would have to pay a publicist or a pr person to i would have to pay them so much money to set up all these interviews i'm really grateful um and a lot of the interviewers the podcast that i've been doing they're like well i don't have a huge following and i don't have a lot of followers on my page and i'm brand new i'm just starting out and i'm like you know what if there's two people on your page those two people tell two people tell two people the fact that you want to talk to me i'm grateful for it's, it's not like i have a new project dropping or you know i'm in a movie or or like last year was our reunion and, and if we came together to do a reunion i can understand people want to talk to me but fans are like crazy about in vogue and crazy about what i did with lucy pearl and they just want to talk to me so i am loving life right now i'm built i'm I'm rebuilding my career brick by brick on my own. Mm. Right? It's just that way. And it's um it's crazy because I can't even I could not have imagined this. I really couldn't. It, it's it's funny how it's all coming together in a way that I didn't expect. That's just kind of like how God works. It's a it's right. a universe thing. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, mm -hmm. like I said, I had to get that out the way because I've been saying, I'm like, wow, Miss Robinson Woo! is doing a lot. Dawn, Dawn, Dawn. I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta excuse me. I'm old school. Um, I, I know you're. Oh, you look younger than me. You, you look, you look, you look younger than me. First of all, wow, you look younger than me, and I, and 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 you know. So again. Thank you, um, that means I, a lot. Thank you. No, you you look amazing. You look amazing. Look as good as you look when I, when you came out back in 1990. Wow. Yes. Okay, now, okay. Wow. Did you have a little bit to drink today? No, no. See, you got to. Oh, listen, I'm not a spring chicken either. I'm not no spring chicken either. So well, you know, uh, Prince always said you're only you're only as old as you feel. 
age is a number and i don't i don't bother with ages i don't bother because the universe the planet itself is billions of years old so in comparison mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm right. still young and that's right. how i feel i'm not i don't call myself uh i'm no spring chick i don't say stuff like that because <laughs> me, I, I, i'm serious what we say with our words right. our, our our subconscious hears it mm. so i'm really really conscious of that stuff i'm aware of what i say even in joke even in jest, when you say, right. no, I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your body doesn't know the difference. Your, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a joke or a truth. So okay. I don't play. That is something that that is something to rethink. It's true. Yeah. And that is something yeah. to rethink. And I appreciate the, the, the advice. It's something to think for me to think about. So look, Dawn. Yes. Let's start from the beginning because I feel like you have a very interesting story. I don't want to keep you here all night. But I do, okay. be, me being a diehard Lucy Pearl and In Vogue fan, In yes. Vogue, Lucy Pearl fan, however yes. people want to slice it and dice it, I want to go back to the beginning because I vividly remember when you guys came out. Some of the fans may not remember, some do. So I want to go back to the beginning. Where um, exactly are you from? I'm from Newland. I'm so sorry. I'm still adjusting. It's okay. I'm from London, Connecticut. And when i did the audition with in vogue my my mother had um we drove across country to move to oakland california um and i probably i was i don't know maybe six years in the bay area by the time the audition happened so it was after high school it was about three years after high school um and i graduated late because i got held back because of attendance so I was probably, I think I was 21 when, oh, 20 when in Vogue, um, the audition happened. And then 21 by the time the album dropped. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me how it was. So you basically, you pretty much spent your formative years in, um, in the Bay Area. My formative years, I would say no, until 14. Uh, we moved to California when I was 14. So my formative okay. years, um, early years, I should say, elementary school, preschool, and all that stuff were in New London. Okay. And then moved to California when I was 14 years old. Okay. So, so how was it? What were some of your earliest musical influences? You know, just Ooh, being from gosh. Connecticut and, you know, moving to the Bay Area. Oh, my goodness. It runs the gamut. Uh, my parents are very diverse people. And I'm, I tell my mom all the time, I've said it in so many interviews as well. I'm so grateful that my mother was not the black woman that said, you can only jazz or soul in this household mm -hmm. my dad brought in she brought all that in right together they love that same music together but my dad also brought roll he brought um bluegrass he, he my dad was really really eclectic so and my mother loved the eagles <clears throat> she loved the rolling stones just because my dad brought it in it was great music she brought in the, he brought in the beatles and led zeppelin and crosby mm. shows and nash and they just really together had an eclectic uh, background musically. So I, right. I grew up with all that in the house, seriously. There's a okay. there's a photo of me on my Facebook page. And I had, I'm four years old, my mom said, and behind me in the chair that I'm sitting in yes. is the Abbey Road album by the Beatles. Like, mm. I'm sorry, uh, Abbey Road. Is it Abbey Road? Because they're walking across the street. So I think it's Abbey Road. Abbey the Road. That's yeah. Abbey Road. Yeah. That's Abbey so, Road. So that's how I grew up. And... I'm just grateful that they were like that because I, I hate it when people say you can only do a certain thing in the household. You're stopping your children from becoming who they want to be, mm -hmm. you know, shutting them down because you want them to be like you. 
right as opposed to being themselves so i'm okay. grateful i tell them all the time thank you both well my dad's passed on but every time i hear the beatles i'm like hey dad <laughs> if i'm in the grocery store and i hear the beatles yeah. i used to run from him when he first passed away six years ago i would be like oh my god i can't listen to this and i put down whatever was in my hands yeah. go to the car and i cry it out and then i come back in mm. yeah and now i'm just like when i hear something that i know he he loved or it's him i'm like hey right. dad because i know that's him he's sharing mm -hmm. his moment with me you know telling me that he's there for me no doubt no i yeah. appreciate that i appreciate yeah. it. it's interesting now in hearing the music that you later did with uh in, in vogue and lucy pearl i can see where you, the influence come from because it was yes. certain there was certain times in invokes music and we're going to get into that but there were certain times uh within your career mm -hmm. within invokes career that i was like wow this is different this is not traditional rhythm and blues right you know yeah. and we're going to talk about that later but now okay. i see where i see where a lot of that came from so so look let's get into it um you're in the bay area mm -hmm. and you meet Tell me how you how the ladies came together. How how uh you know Maxine and Terry and you know Cindy. How did how did all of you guys meet? We met at an audition. Uh, I was at a concert randomly at a concert and with my friend Kim from high school. Uh, a guy saw us, um, and he basically called out and said, "Hey, excuse me, are you a model?" And when I turned around, we both turned around and looked at him, and we both ignored him. <laughs> Completely ignored him, and we went. To the, we were gonna try to go to the restroom, but the line was too long. We went to get some popcorn, a drink, or whatever, and we came back, and he was still standing there. Malak, when I tell you that was God, because I was so rude to him, mm. I didn't even answer his question and just say no, I'm not a model. That was like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I just basically blew him off. Right. Went to get our stuff, came back. 20 minutes later or so and he was still standing there <laughs> when i say that that was a god moment i mean it because he really could have just like okay that bitch is like uh rude <laughs> you know what i mean because i was rude to him and so right, we right. were both rude and he okay. was still standing there and you're talking about you know 22 to 25 000 people and most of which were women because it was cover girls that were performing that year mm. sensation expose stevie b you know so it was more female to male okay. um as far as the genre as far as demographically and mm. yeah and he was still standing there so when we came back this time we're facing him and he said excuse me i'm the guy who just asked you if you, if you were a model and i said i am not a model <laughs> Whatever. Like I was so rude. <laughs> it really, it really st it, it, it sticks you to you to this day. It, it still, it, you still think about I that, told huh? Him after he got me in the group, I was like, Jr., you were so patient with me. Mm. Thank you, God, for being patient, because he could have literally, when I said, when I played him off the first time, he could have went and twenty five thousand people there. Like, come right. on, he could have found women anywhere. There's so right. many, <clears throat> there's so much talent in the Bay Area. You're talking about. Rosie Gaines, who did Diamonds and Pearls with Prince, um, Tower of Power, Journey, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, Tupac, Santana, like all, yeah. Santana, Tupac, all these people that come from the Bay. Journey. See, see, hold on. Let me stop you for a second, Ms. Dawn. Let me stop you for a second, Dawn. <laughs> yes. I was, the reason, see, I had, I was going to mention all of those bands, but you told me, see, I, I, want, I was going to ask you, like, what were some of your influences growing up in Oakland? But knowing that you spent your formative years in Connecticut, 
Yeah. You know, so I I I I, I push back on those questions, but okay. it seems okay. like it seems like you were influenced by those uh, artists like Sheila E, Santana, Journey. So you know, I'm just putting that I out was, there. I was, I was, but you know, besides them, of course, those are from the Bay Area. I was just making no that point no because, doubt. and uh, there were a lot of same female singers that I did background work with in the Bay Area because I was a kid. So growing up, for um, well, I would say probably my first um, uh, studio session, I was 16. And I sang background for a woman named um, Jackie Anderson. And Jackie Anderson is she, with in Stocking Creek, 5'11". She's Native American and black. Her hair was literally, she would sit on her hair when she would sit down, she'd pull her hair up. Wow. Pull it up, yeah, so she didn't sit on, I mean, beautiful, absolutely drop dead gorgeous woman and she could sing her ass off and i sang background for her in the studio many times so it's like she could have auditioned for the group i'm like i said rosie Gaines, or even you mentioned sheila e if you're looking for a girl group sheila e probably wouldn't have done it because she comes from an iconic family mm -hmm. and she had done her own thing as well and i think at that time glamorous life was maybe what three years prior so she wouldn't have done that most likely but she could have her right. sister Zena, I think Zena was a singer as well. So there's a lot of women that are in the Bay Area that could have done this audition and gotten in my position. And I just thank JR for being patient that day, like I said, and not going around to find someone else who was like, okay, do you sing? Do you sing? There's a bunch of women there that day and at that right. concert. Mm -hmm. So I just know that it was God. There's certain things when you look back in your life, you're like, wow, I got through that. I made it through that situation. <laughs> that was God. You know, that, that car accident that you walked away from. Right. Yeah. So I know that it was him in that situation. But yeah, so um, that's how we met. And that's how uh, he said, my friends are doing an audition. They want three girls. He came to my parents' house uh, two days later to see if I actually had talent. Because it's one thing to have a look, but he wanted to know, okay, before I tell you to go to my audition, my friend's audition, I need to know if you actually can sing. Mm -hmm. And he came to my parents' house, and sure enough, I sang uh, Been So Long and Rapture by Anita Baker. And he was like, yep, you're in. Now, <laughs> that was as far as he was concerned. But then when wow. I had to still go to the audition and do my thing. And yes, yeah, so the day of the audition, we all met there. Um, Terry was late because of bad weather coming out of Houston. And... Oh, nice. Um, Maxine, Cindy, and I, and another girl named Jordana, who was actually Maxine's roommate, who did not tell her about the audition that day. Isn't right. that crazy? Yeah, Maxine, somebody wow. else told her about the audition, and she ended up there. Mm. <laughs> so I don't, look, I don't even want to get into that. That's crazy. I had no idea. That's yeah. That's, when Maxine woke up that morning, she saw her her roommate was getting ready. She's like, "Where are you going? It's early." And she said, oh, I have a few errands to run, but I'm going to an audition later today. Oh, and she didn't cold. say, she that's didn't cold. say, do you want to come with me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is where it's at. You should show up as well. No, none of that. But Maxine made it in the group anyway. That was God. Mm, she didn't need her roommate to tell her anything. She was, she was, she was, she was blocking, trying to she block a blessing. To. She was trying, trying to block to. a blessing. She was trying to, but she didn't. It didn't work. Okay. So, so look, let's fast forward a little bit. Now you guys end up linking up with uh, Denzel Foster and um, uh, uh, Thomas uh, McEl and McElroy, and they used to work they, at the time. They was working with Club uh, Nouveau. Uh, they was working with uh, fellow Bay Area natives, uh, Tony Tony Tone. So, what led you to linking with them? What brought you to their attention? Well, like I said, the audition. 
They were the ones who held the audition. Mm. Yeah, they're the ones who held the audition. Oh, they had, they were holding the audition. Exactly. Yeah. When oh, I, I didn't hear the names. I apologize for that. When the guy at the concert said his friends were, I didn't say him. So you were you were right. You were on it. Oh, okay. When, when he said, Ooh, that, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> when he said Go my friends are doing an audition. Okay. Those were the friends that he was talking about. Those mm. two guys. Yeah, Denzel Foster and uh, now, Thomas McElroy. And so were yeah, you familiar? Were, were you familiar with their work? I wasn't familiar at all. He didn't say Club Nouveau because that was years prior. He didn't say Tony, Tony, Tony. If he did, I missed that because they weren't, they weren't, they were no longer with them by the time we did the audition. Mm, so okay. Tony, Tony, Tony had left. They had gone and done another deal someplace else. They got out of their deal with Denny and Tommy. So they were no longer signed to them Right. by the time we did the audition. And okay. who else? Club Nouveau and all of that was over as well. Um, Club Nouveau and also, um, it was Club Nouveau and it was another group that they did, um, Timex Social Club. Mm, I forgot about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rumors, they did Rumors with Timex Social Club and uh, Lean On Me with Club Nouveau. Lean On Me, exactly. Jealousy, yeah. Situation Jealousy. Nine, all that. Look um, at you. <laughs> so, well, I better know those songs. I mean, I'm from the Bay too. And yes, yeah, so they were big songs, and, and um, but they weren't as big as In Vogue. I got to say that. So they had a lot of success before us, but not as yeah. big. And Vogue took them, uh, them to another level. Okay. Yeah. Now, 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 I heard that, you know, they wanted to make you guys out into, you know, the reason what, what they, one of the reasons that they like you, that they love what they saw and heard from you guys, they, they were trying to create something similar in the same vein as like uh, Martha Vandellas and the Supremes. How did you guys feel about that? No, they weren't trying. I mean, they just wanted a girl group. So in that sense, you're going to be compared with the other groups that came prior. That's just natural. But they weren't trying to say, they didn't say to us, we're trying to create a group like this or like that. We just, they wanted us to be ourselves. It was never okay. about, yeah, it was never about us being like anybody else. We, okay. we had our own unique, I mean, if you just listen to Hold On even, it was so different. Our sound, mm. our acapella coming into the beat was like, it had never happened before. I think the Andrew sisters might have a song where they start off acapella, but you wouldn't right. know it. I mean, you're talking about that was what the thirties and forties. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So by the time it got to us in the nineties, we didn't know anything about, we knew, um, um, bugle, uh, boogie, woogie, bugle boy, but we didn't know right. any more of their music. I didn't know. Maybe Cindy did. Right. Cindy, Cindy was very eclectic that way. She would really like, um, she loved show tunes, Mm -hmm. movie show tunes and stuff like that so she may have known other songs by the andrew sisters but all i knew was boogie woogie bugle boy okay. um so there was nothing like us there was no acapella yeah. coming into the beat that was just so new and so rare and so different you know i remember like the i believe like before you guys coming out of the bay area i think the last female or girl group you guys had was like the pointer sisters just before us you mean yeah yeah like no, before no, like no. there was there was like a guy like i don't let that that had the success that you guys had let me say that no there's a lot of groups in the 80s that did they just weren't black groups no 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 that's what no no girl rb groups rb groups R &B had this groups, yeah. right yes well they, you also had the good girls the good girls came out before us so but Sweet they didn't have our weakness that was a single that was it was successful i can't take that from them um 
And we talk about point assistance success, though, uh, Don. Like, those the point assistance work. You can't, you cannot, Don. I'm not, I'm not doing that. The, the, the good girls was excellent, I love their music, but the point assistance and you guys were mega stars. Let's we can't, we can't sugarcoat that either. Well, I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm, you're just ignoring a group that came before us. Okay. Literally, like today. No, no, I, today, I like the good girls. They good. I'm sorry, Dawn. I apologize. Don't be sorry. I'm just. I, I'm not. I'm no, not I just, take something away from someone that no, actually had right. success. That's all. You're right. And you're no, good. you're right. You're good. You're right. Just, you're right. Just, you're right. Okay. I just talked to them today, Demonica right. and uh, Joyce, and I said hello to them because they were doing another interview, and I right. said, "Oh, I have an interview today too." So I just, right. I'm not gonna. I hear. I understand. You say. I got you vocally. Yes, I got you on that. You're absolutely right. We're on the same page with that. Because vocally, the Pointer Sisters, I don't know if they crossed over. They did. They crossed over. Big time. With the, automatic, 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 and autumn. And, um, I'm so excited. Fire. I'm so excited. Fire. Yeah. Those songs were, were, were smashes. Yeah. Those songs right. were smash. So, and um, so, yeah. but, but, but that's it. I, I just wanted to touch on that a little exactly. bit. So, look. Yeah, yeah. So so let's um let's fast forward a little bit. You guys um how did you guys end up getting uh signed with uh Atlantic Records? Oh my goodness. We we got well Denny and Tommy had the deal. Okay. So they were the ones who brought us to they had it so they got they got a I want to say a budget a five act deal mm. with Atlantic Records. And Sylvia Ron at Atlantic Records said, uh, I'm giving you a budget to get five acts. So out of those five acts, Denny and Tommy, I don't think she said, um, I want a group, I wanted this, I wanted that. She just said, just get five acts. And I think right. they, so they had a guy and girl uh, duo, rap duo called To Be Continued, which I thought was such a clever name. Um, it was a guy and a girl. And then they had a female, a solo female, a solo male, the guy and the girl um, rap group, and then a girl group, which was us. And I forgot okay. who else they had, the fifth act that they had, but um, uh, yeah, so they, they created us. We were the biggest, or I should say, the most successful artists out of all the five groups that they, all the five acts that they had. Right. So that's how okay. we got to Atlantic, because they literally, when they, when they did the audition for us, they already had the deal in place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know I at nights. I got to throw this in, Malak, too. No problem. No problem. Go ahead. Well... You said R and B groups because I was thinking Sweet Sensation cover girls. Sweet Sensation is a black group, aren't they black? But but that's what I'm saying, Don. I, this this is what I want. Like I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't. The Sweet Sensation and the Good Girls, the cover girl, they they didn't have the crossover success that you guys had. I brought that up, but okay, but they still had success. No no I, no 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 no. You didn't say there were that's other true. that were as successful as in both. That's true. That is true. That. Yeah, I know. I know. That's nah, you, yeah, that's what you, you're right. That's what that's I meant all. to say. I, I, I stand corrected. That's what I was so trying to say. So there were a lot of groups, actually, yeah. girl groups in the 80s, like the right. Bengals, the Go-Go's, but they weren't black. They weren't our Right, team. right, so You're right. absolutely right on that part. Yeah. So, I just <laughs> okay, Dawn, Dawn, hey, I don't want to, look, you, look, I, I, I don't want to, you the, you the funky diva out here, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want no problems. <laughs> I was just making it clear, I can't, I No, can't no, I remember the good girls, like, I still have that CD, just like I still have, you know, going to sing, I, I have all of that music, I love, they were signed to, they were signed to Motown, and I, I remember all of that. Okay. <laughs> it's all we it's all love over here, Don. It's all love. So look, here we are. It's 1990 and you guys drop Born to Sing and 
one of the first things that I realized when you guys came out was like these women are drop dead gorgeous and these women have voices that were like no other at that time. Well, in my opinion, as a as a young man, I can only tell you how I felt as a young man. And of course, that's your point of view. That's this is my my POV. Yep. And 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 I remember just hearing "Hold On," and I was just totally blown away. Like, what was it like when, uh, you know, when when the guys brought you that brought you guys that song? Like, how how what were going through your minds when they said like this is what is going to be you know one of the you know lead singles? How, how did that uh? You know, you're what talking we about hold on? You said yes. hold on? Yes, yes. It's funny. They didn't bring hold on in the way that the world heard it. Um, mm-hmm. They brought two separate songs. So we we recorded the acapella part separately from, oh, my first mistake was, we, we, we right. recorded it separate from that. So the beginning part, we right. recorded months before we did the, the, the beat part. And Whose idea was that? That was Denny Tommy. Yeah, okay. that was. Denzel Foster was his idea, Tommy's idea. Um, And so we were shocked when we came to the studio to mix and master the album and sequence the album. So sequence means, um, you know, putting every song in order uh, from one through, I think we had 12 songs on the album. So six songs on one side, six on the other. And so that process, when we came back to the studio to do that, they had put those two pieces together the acapella and the beat and we were like what are you guys doing like what is this <laughs> no doubt oh it was terrible in our minds because i in my mind anyway i was like wow um because we were so used to hearing those two parts separated from each other mm-hmm. and uh it was really shocking when when they we were like whoa but it made so much sense later and and as we got used to hearing that, it was like, wow, I can't imagine those two pieces not being together now. Right. It was just like so right. it was so genius. And so um I was very proud of them, I'm proud of them to this day, because we did something that no other girl group had done. Um, and we started a trend that everybody started following after that. So Color Me Bad did their uh their thank yous yeah. for the Soul Train Awards or BET Awards one year, and they th- they did theirs in acapella just like us, you know. So we saw the influence that our, our acapella made on the world, you know? It was like, like Cindy always explained it, like, you know, lightning in a bottle. Mm, we had sense. lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it was some, we yeah. had something so different than everyone else. No, I, I could totally agree. And that's what yeah, I, when, when I was talking about earlier, like, I love all those other groups, but my, you know, my preference was invoked. Nothing against, I love, I love all those groups, but I, right. I just, I just I just gravitated to you guys more. Like everybody, you like you like what you like. Yeah, so, of course. Everybody's got so, a preference, and, and I'm yeah. grateful for that. Because without you loving us that way, and other people feeling the same way you do, we would not have been as successful as we were. So that's always good. And the great thing is, is that none of the other groups were trying to be like Invoke. They just had their own thing, but they right. knew they based off being a girl group, of course. Because, like I said, we based being a girl group because of the Supremes and Martha and the Vandellas and mm-hmm. um, speaking of the Supremes, Miss Mary, you know, being being gone now. Um, yes, that rest in peace. Huge, rest in peace. Like, wow, she was to me way too young. But you ever got a chance God, to meet meet her? 
No, and she lives here in Vegas. I just found out because she passed away. I didn't even know. My mom said the same thing the other day when she, mm. when, when she first heard the other day. Um, okay. It's shocking. And mm. I think she had so much more to do. But, of course, between her and God, she had a different agenda. Right. And, it, yeah, so bless her. And thank God she came along, her and the other girls, because they gave us something to aspire to. No you doubt, know. no doubt. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree with everything that you just said. So look, I want to read these things off because this needs to be talked about more. This is why you're here, Dawn. Yeah. So that Born to Sing album, again, I, I vividly remember when this came out, April of 1990. Now okay. you got Hold On went R&B number one. Yay. Number <laughs> two on the Pop Touch, which is I don't think people understand how big of a deal that is. Like that is huge. That is that is not easy to do. Yes. Lies number one on the R and B charts. Uh, um, thirty eight on the uh, on the on the uh, pop charts. Don't know why that wasn't higher. You don't have to worry, which is my favorite song on the album. Wow. Number one, and you got "Don't Go." Number three. I'm like this this album right here. Like you don't hear. Uh, at that time, and I don't know if you remember this, and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. At that time, like you just mentioned, like there were no one sounding like you, and as far as the success, there was no women groups that were as that that were as successful as you guys. Like it was, just, it you were you guys were clearly in a, a league of your own. Yeah, talk we about that. You talking about in ninety? Because other yes. girl groups came later, but yeah, yes, no, no, so time, 1990. In 1990, mm -hmm. I think we had it for about. I think Destiny's Child came. Sorry, no, no. TLC probably came out next. Jade, you got Brownstone. You have all these other groups that came after us, but I, I don't know who came next. But we had for about a good three years. I think we had. We had it sewn up by ourselves. <laughs> we yes, did. yeah, yeah, exactly. and, and like you say, a lot of these other girl groups who were dope, they were super dope. Let's not take nothing from them; they were super dope. Yes. But you guys, as far as the chart success, was killing it. And right. you, you know, like how, like, what was the feeling like? Did you guys ever uh, feel that like this was possible? Like this is real? What was going on in you guys' mind? Like. How was the, what was we the were, feeling like? It was so amazing. Like really, when I think about all of that, and I've had a lot of time with all these interviews that I've done just to reflect on every, and writing my book at the time right now, everything that I think, it's like we were kids trying to create something new and it was all new for us. Mm -hmm. And we're traveling the world and people are telling us that they love us and we're their favorite or you know, it's like getting all these plaques uh, you know, presented to us, it was overwhelming. It was like, wow. And mm. there was no feeling of, um, this is not supposed to happen. It was just like one after the other, hit after hit after hit. Right. Right. It was just happening one after the other. So everything was a whirlwind and we were trying to catch up to our success. Mm -hmm. um, um, there are other groups that came after us that sold much more much bigger than in vogue tlc and dusty child are two of the but at that time at that nobody time. could touch us we were we were in a league of our own like you said we were in a, in a lane by ourselves mm. um and it was 
still i'm just like looking at my life like, this really happened this really happened. come on don talk about it like it's look look you guys and you guys you earned a, a nomination at the 33rd uh annual grammys for best army uh of uh performance uh, by a group you know this uh you, you won best uh uh soul album at the at the soul train awards best r&b single at the billboard of music awards like you guys like you're being modest, uh, Don. Like I'm I, not I, you're, you're being modest. Like no, you got. I don't you think it's friends. Like I remember serious. all. The, you lived it. You lived it. I remember it. Like you guys were like goddesses to to us. Like me being a young boy. I, one thing I loved about In Vogue, you guys personified class. You had talent and you personified class. So I always wanted to know, did you guys have like um? What do you call uh, uh, artist development? Did you ever go, go through that? No, we didn't have that at all. We had a great team of people that happened to be at the, we had the right people at the right time. Because when we first came out in, as in Vogue, I don't have our first album cover, I don't think in here, but our first album cover was Tired. <laughs> we were trying to be what we thought was in Vogue and it wasn't at all. And we got a team of people. Our hairstylist was the first one to say, okay, you guys, um, I like your makeup artist. She's very sweet, but she's not what you need. You guys have to be in vogue and you have to live up to that. Mm. So he said, he said, I have a makeup artist and he's homeless. And we were like, huh? He's homeless, but he's amazing. Mm. And now he wasn't living on the street. He was just like living on his friend's couches and from house to house to house. But mm -hmm. he was genius. He came and did our makeup for free just to let us know what he was capable of. And we were like, wow. After right. that, we became what was iconic for In Vogue. We lived up to our name after him. But okay. we needed that team to make us In Vogue. So I can't say that we were that right out the bat. We became that later because they mm. polished us up and made us shiny and like that <laughs> became In Vogue. But at first we were like, I mean, Maxine, if you look at uh, the first cover too, Maxine didn't have her nails done. So some of the fans were like, oh my God, she could have gotten a manicure. <laughs> but she didn't look the part. Um, well, I would tell you this, as young men, as young men, we didn't mind. Terry has a broken tooth. Terry has a chipped tooth on the first album cover, like, cause she was doing shows at, in college and she hit the microphone and literally cracked her tooth in half. Mm. We weren't in vogue yet. We had to get live up to that. So it was. It took a lot of people to make us who we became. And thank God for them. Mm. Roberto, I got to give him hands down. There's a couple of pictures of him with me on uh, my Instagram page. And he is the one who put the team together to make us who we became. It took mm -hmm. a lot of that. You know, we now, weren't that we, at first. Now, when you was at Atlantic, were you, were you working with uh, Sylvia Rome? Yes, she's the one who signed us. Okay, how was that? How was that uh, working with the uh, you know the legend? Well, we never really worked with her. I mean, we worked with our producers, and then they handed the record to Atlantic Records. So she okay. would come to the photo shoots, and we would see her there, and she would say, you know, because she was she's very fashionable. That woman is fashion forward. She's probably the one who found Roberto for us because we mm. didn't find him ourselves. Our hair yeah. person, yeah, we didn't find that team. She found yeah. him. So, um, but she, yeah, she's very fashion forward herself. She's like that 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 person, um, as far as a woman is concerned and looking at clothing, like anytime she's stepping, we're like, oh my God, she'd have on shoes <laughs> that we'd never seen before. Like she just really knew fashion forward, you know? No doubt, no doubt. So like one thing, I, another thing I noticed about you guys, um, mm -hmm. I always said that Invogue was like a group of four lead singers. Um, uh -huh. 
I believe, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you sing in the first soprano range. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, actually you're wrong. I sing, Cindy and Terry shared first soprano. Cindy okay. has a very pop voice, so she's really high automatically, naturally. Okay. I am too, but they didn't put me there because it was too many of us in that same category. So it was Cindy and Terry in that first soprano, and then I was second soprano, Maxine was alto. I'm glad I said, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I was anyway. <laughs> that's a that's a disclaimer. So uh, no, the reason why the reason why I mentioned that because you know um, you, a lot of you guys took took turns singing leads. Mm -hmm. Now how how did that how did you guys uh, determine who sang lead on on this song or who sang lead on on this song? Good question. Uh, that was our producer. Danny would just put us in the studio, and I don't think he really thought, okay, this key is for her, this key is for this one. She can do this better. But if you notice, a lot of the songs we would team up with each other too. Mm -hmm. So Cindy and I did, uh, oh boy, did we do You Don't Have to Worry Together? And then, I, know you're, I know you're on that. <laughs> well, we're all on it, but I just don't know if it broke, because we're all on each song. We right. So Free Your Mind was all four of us. We each had a verse. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, yeah, so he would, he would uh, say again. I said, don't let go. I remember all four of you guys on that one. Don't let no Terry sang lead predominantly on that one. Terry did both verses. So so what I'm saying is is when I say lead, the verses are what you determine who sings lead more on a song. And in that case, with don't go, Terry. No no don't let, let go. Don't let. Well, go. don't let go was me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, but yeah. I know they come in at the end and they they all have like these Little very parts. Right. these dope parts. It's very memorable. But I remember on the bridge. You, yes, yeah, exactly. But I remember I remember you doing you know lead for the most part. Right. Okay. Okay. So that uh that first album it went platinum. Now what was that like? You know, you know how did that change you guys' lives? Did you guys go through the whole new edition situation? Like you know everybody hear about things like that in the industry. You know. What do you mean? As far as what like, with the new edition? Like you know like as far as like business and not getting what you supposed to be getting as far as, you know, uh, gratuity or, you know, things of that nature. No, we didn't get paid well at all. Um, but the success, we were so happy. I mean, you can't, you can't be number one on the charts. <laughs> you can't have platinum. You would look at all these plaques. Like you can't do all this and feel right. like, Oh yeah. Right. Right. After a while, I started to get a little bit like, okay, now we have, you know, another single that went platinum or, but where's the money? And I think I was the first one to start asking those questions. And Maxine and I would be on the phone together, like, where's the money? Why aren't we getting paid? When is that going to happen? Mm. And I remember coming back from London, our first time overseas, uh, coming back from London, and we were at the BET stages in um, doing BET that day with Shirley, Shirley, Cl um, Shirley Clark. Was it Shirley Clark? And so we were doing um, we were doing BT that day and I took our manager back and I was just like, can we please talk? So we went to try to find a spot and we ended up on the back lot where okay. they have all the um, equipment for lighting and all that stuff and stage um, stage uh, stuff that they would build for stage uh, for the BT stages. And I said, David, why are we not making money? And he said, what do you mean? I said, but our album is right, like right now we're multi-platinum. You know, we've sold like millions of records and he said oh that takes a lot of it takes a lot of records to sell and i said i know but we are like right now we're multi-platinum 
where's the money? Like, come on. We've, you know, and he's, oh, that's a pie in the sky, you know? Like, <laughs> what does he mean by that? Is, yeah, what does he mean by that? <laughs> yeah, a pie in the sky is when you're dreaming about something. This is actually happening. We are yes. multi-platinum. So, yeah. and he said, well, it's going to take a lot more records to sell. And I, and I just walked away, like, scratching my head. What do you, what do you mean? And um, so, no, we made two pennies a record. And it was, it remained that way for four albums. So for Born to Sing, Funky Divas, Runaway Love, which was an EP. Right. Uh, and then when we started recording um, that fourth album, it was the same thing. Now, and what about the, re like, the remix wow. project? What about the remix project? That was the remix project. Oh, okay. Runaway Love album that was remixed to sing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I know you guys did a lot of touring off that uh, that particular album. What were some of the highlights, you know? I, I know from like 1990 up until uh, the project that we're about to get into next. What were some of the highlights just, you know, being on tour, opening for a lot of great uh, artists, leading your own, you know, having your own tour? You know, what was yes, some of the highlights? Yes, exactly. We toured with our first tour. Well, our very first tour was a promo tour. And that's just an introduction to the world again. We are like, oh my God, we're in Stockholm, Germany. You know, we're in, uh, I'm sorry, Stockholm. We're in uh, Germany. We're in Spain. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm calling the wrong people. You know, and then you have a language barrier. So you'd have to get uh, an operator overseas to connect with an operator in the States <laughs> to get you to call your mom. It was a crazy time. It was like, wow, we are in London, you guys. We're in we've never gone to Africa, but we went to so many other places and it was like, wow, the world really does love us. But we were introducing ourselves. But once we got there, they knew our song and we only had that one single. So we'd have to perform Hold On over and over and over again. <laughs> um, that was always fun. And then uh, getting, we didn't get to see the countries we were in very much because we couldn't afford a lot of security to be with all four of us. So we'd have one security guard. You're talking about four girls. So we didn't really get to venture out and um, we, they had us doing a lot of press over and over and over again as well. So the press was really hard to get around. You couldn't not do it. So you can't really venture out. You didn't have time in Japan to go off on your own and see the city or to see the country. You know? okay. But it was amazing. You, you're talking about the fans were loving us. And as we got around the country, we started to see, sometimes we would get to a certain country and they're like, oh, Okay, so who is this? We don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, we know that song. Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on to you, Lord. That's yeah. cute. But then when we got back to the States, um, our manager called us literally like two or three days after we got back and said, guess what, girls? MC Hammer wants you to tour with him. And we were like, mm. what? Ah! Now, that's huge. That's huge. So that was um, typically you would go out on tour with a male artist because that male artist would bring in the female uh, fan base. And then we would, as girls, bring in the male fan base. And it was okay. a give and take like that. So that's mm -hmm. our big tour. Like what, we're going on tour with MC Hammer. And we ended up back overseas doing um, Wembley Stadium, which was huge in London. Mm -hmm. in London. Huge, Ooh. yeah, huge. That's amazing. So that the hammer, what's that? The please don't, uh, the hammer don't hurt him? Is that that song? Don't hurt yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And he also another uh, Bay, Bay Area native. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so look, let's 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 move. Let's, here we go. We're going into the uh the second album. 
you know, it's uh, 1992. You guys been touring for, I believe, you know, a couple of years, so going on two years. Uh, how long What uh, lead me to this, uh, the Funky Divas project released in 1992. What was it like putting out that project? And um, just walk me through that. Funky Divas was, you know, again, we still have the world at our feet. Everything is in our corner. So it's a little scary because when you come out with your sophomore album, you're not sure if you're going to sell like the first one mm -hmm. so you have what they call you know maybe the sophomore jinx I heard of um, you're hoping that everything goes well <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so when you're in the studio recording you don't know if what you're doing is good or not you you can't it's hard to gauge that on mm. your own because you can't speak for the world mm. you can't say that germany's gonna love the second album you can't say that south africa or Australia is going to love the second album. So you're hoping that what you do is just as good as the first. And here we are recording. Um, and once we put it out, number one, never going to get it. You know why? <laughs> I got to tell you, the first album we had, hold on. Mm -hmm. Denny and Tommy were smart enough to use the big payback sample. Mm. And, and James Brown's sample. James so, Brown, yeah, yes. yeah. Second album is the same thing. They were like, okay, if it ain't broke, why break it? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> so never gonna get it has the same exact same. Yeah. You know, big payback. Yeah, they got that same James Brown sample, uh -huh. and it worked on never gonna get it. So talk to, same, hey, look, same listen, exact listen. key, same exact sample, yeah. same exact everything. Don't break it. So what was so talk to me about this? Like I always, you know, I'm a huge fan of. Um, you know, uh, Foster McElroy. Talk to me, how was it working with those guys, man? Because I, I feel like they're overlooked when we talk about like some of the greatest uh, singer song, I mean, uh, greatest songwriter slash producers, but uh, they have amazing catalog and just off your Thank catalog you. alone. Yeah. The catalog outside of you guys is amazing, but just your catalog alone. So talk to me about working with those guys. How was it working with them? They were, they were amazing to work with, especially at first, um, because we were all excited. Like everything was new for all of us as far as them having a girl group, they had never had a girl group. Mm -hmm. So writing for us was different for them. Although they had, um, oh, my girl's name. What is her name? It's escaping me from Club Nouveau. Situation number nine, jealousy and all that. They had her mm -hmm. in the group. It's still, they hadn't, they hadn't had to find parts and harmonies and stuff for a girl group. So Samuel being Club Nouveau with the girl that was in there, um, why is her name escaping me? I love her. I can't think of her name. Yo, I forgot um, that Samuel was in Club Nouveau. I don't, you just, yeah, exactly. You, so, you, you took me back. That's crazy. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, so writing for them together was a little bit different than writing a four part harmony for us. It was a mm -hmm. different thing for them, but they did so well. Denny was really the one picking apart keys on the piano and, Mm -hmm. Ding 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 ding. Terry, you sing this note. Ding 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 ding. Maxine, you sing this note. Dawn, ding 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 ding. Terry, sing ding ding ding. You know what I mean? He would do that, and mm -hmm. he would pick around. Tommy was more of a virtuoso, so he could play on the piano. But he was the one putting together the tracks okay. before we actually got in the studio with Denny. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Denny would be in the studio, hands on, and doing the vocals with us. So he was the one to produce our vocals predominantly in the studio. Tommy wasn't there for a lot of that. Um, they each had their roles. And Denny was more hands-on with us. Tommy was more with the music. Okay. So it was great, though. We had a blast. Now, after a while, Denny started to come out as his true self. 
So after maybe two months of being in the studio, he start, his veneer started to come down and his anger and his nasty side came out. Mm. And he would tell us if he didn't like that we were saying stuff or saying too much or we were talking behind him. And he's trying to hear one of the girls in the studio with the headphones on. We have headphones in the studio. Right. And when we're singing, we're talking to him in a microphone and he's trying to hear us. So he's trying to hear. And we were talking behind him in the studio, laughing and having fun. And he would turn around and say, y'all shut the fuck up. <laughs> not funny. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that earlier. He wasn't doing that earlier, huh? What do you mean? Like you said, like the way you, you, you told me he was coming out of his, his shell. He wasn't talking like that before. No. That's what I no. mean. So at first we were laughing like you just did. You laugh and now, oh, Denny. <laughs> but after a while, it was like, no, shut the fuck up. Get your shit and go the fuck home. Everybody go the fuck home. And we were like, oh. so we collect our things and like like little girls, we go out in the parking lot. And we're like, oh my God, Terry, what did you say to him this time? I didn't say anything. Dawn, you said it. I was like, Cindy, you said it. You got it. We would laugh at that. And after a while, I was like, wait a minute. He's getting a little too comfortable. He's telling us to shut the fuck up every other day. It's getting too much. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I said, I came to the girls and I said, you, you know what, you guys, I really don't like how Denny tells us to shut the fuck up because now it's getting too much. Now I feel like if we were guys, he wouldn't talk to us that same way. He definitely mm -hmm. would. I asked Raphael when I was in Lucy Pearl, I said, did Denny ever tell you guys, did Denny ever say, you know, you guys get your shit and go the fuck home? He's like, huh? I said, Tom, I mean, um, Raphael, like when you guys were in the studio, like, did he ever, ever like tell you guys <clears throat> to shut the fuck up? And he's like, Dawn, Don, because he calls me Don. <laughs> he doesn't call me Dawn. He said, if that nigga ever came at us like that, he would have gotten mopped up. Like, no, he never, he never <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't talk to us like that. No, that's crazy hearing Raphael he talk like that. <laughs> as women, he thought he could abuse us that way. And to me, I was like, after a while, I said, I don't like it. It is abusive. And I don't like it. And, and Maxine was like, well, you should tell him that you don't like that. And I was like, Maxine, if I talk, if I tell Denny that I don't like how he talks to us, don't you know I'm going to be kicked out of the group? Like, I can't go to him on my own and say, Denny, please don't talk to us like that anymore. He would have been, oh, 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 so you don't like the way I talk to you? No, I don't. And he would have been like, okay, um, sign here because you're out of the group. You Hold know up. what I mean? I didn't have any, I didn't have any backup. I didn't have any leverage to say i have this amount of success don't talk to us that way i didn't have anything to say if i'm gone from this group right they're gonna lose fan base if i go if i'm gone from the group they're gonna fall apart so when i finally left the group that's exactly what happened but i didn't have that position at first so for me to say denny please don't talk to us like that i would i would appreciate if you respect us and don't talk to us that way he would have been like girl please bye you know no, what I mean? No, I would have sure. been kicked out, but so. Help, help me out here, Dawn. Um, yeah. Help me out. This is, you know, outside looking at me being a young man around that time. And um, um I always wanted to know, um, listen to you talk about this situation where you signed directly to uh, 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 McElroy, you know, Thomas and McElroy, where you signed direct Foster and McElroy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was I did an interview with uh, Steve Russell and he was telling me like I always thought they were signed directly through. So I'm, I'm what I'm learning as I do more of these interviews, I'm learning that a lot of artists were not signed directly to Atlantic to MCA to 
you know, so that's, well, that's I, what I said before. If you remember, just go back a little bit. I said, no, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of, I just want to get clear. No, I just want to get clarification. We were signed to, um, we were, so, we got a deal. Um, like I said, Sylvia Rohn gave them a five act deal. I just wanted to remind you of that. Part. No, no, I, I, thought, exactly. I thought I heard you say, yeah, that, and that's, yeah. Interesting. that's interesting that they, so, you know, that so they we were do. signed to, um, too tough enough productions was the production deal Denny and Tommy had too tough enough. And it was Denny and Tommy and we signed to them and then to them through them, we were signed to Atlantic. So we want direct line with Atlantic records. Yeah. At all. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about this funky Divas project. This is the one, again, I remember as we was talking earlier about a lot of your influences uh, growing up mm -hmm. and uh, you know, out of the box, one of the first songs that I remember was that free your mind. And Again, I'm gonna be honest. When the song came out, I hated it. Didn't like it at all. Mm -hmm. As a young kid, it was such a departure from mm -hmm. what you guys did on Born to Sing. Right. But what as I as I realized, one thing about in Vogue, you guys are very, um, you, you you guys have versatility, and I yeah. grown to love that song over the years. So. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about the, the direction that you guys were going as far as putting out the classic, the now classic Funky Divas Project. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to keep it real with you, dog. Like, I didn't like that song when it came out. I'm going to go. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I mean, but it's not, this is the thing. You either keep the fan base that you have or you catch them the next time around. Not everybody's going to like everything. Makes sense. So that's cool. And I'm glad that what I loved about it you're talking about two black men, first of all, taking a chance to do something that was outside the box. They weren't going to keep us in that place and just say, no, they're only going to do R&B and they're only going to do jazz and they're only going to, you know, that type of sound. They said, no, we're going to, we're going to help you guys grow. And by that, we got a, a, a whole different, we crossed over pop, which means you're popular on Hold On. So that was on the first album. But Free Your Mind showed our di uh, diversity. It showed us, um, it showed fans that we can also come with rock guitars and do something unexpected. Mm -hmm. That was taking a huge chance because we could have lost our whole fan base just behind that one song. You almost lost me. Our fan base, <laughs> you, bye. You almost <laughs> lost me. Yeah, you almost I'm lost me. I'm sure, I'm sure you weren't the only one, but I'm so glad that we went ahead with it anyway and that we showed that we can do that shit. We can rock out with the best yeah. of them, and we are badass bitches to do it. Right. Now, yeah. I love Brownstone, but I don't see them doing a song like Free Your Mind. Right. I love Jade, but I don't see them doing that. I love uh, even TLC. I can't see them doing a rock and roll song like that. So I love the fact that Diddy and Tommy said, I can't even see the Pointer Sisters doing as rock and roll a song like that. Doing, like you said, Fire and... Um, Automatic. Um, I'm so excited. I'm it's so gone. excited. It was really pop. It was more pop. Yeah. But the da 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 da. Yeah. Da da da. Dude, that rock guitar on there was like, what? Y'all are bad asses. Thank yeah. you so much. No, I, I say that. The subject matter on the song was just like, to me. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. It was something that was needed because it's exactly what you're saying about Hold On, about Free Your Mind. Mm -hmm. You, it was, a, it was a song saying, don't be close-minded. Um, right. Free your mind and the rest be fo will follow. Be colorblind. Don't be so shallow. In right. other words, my lyrics were, um, well, Cindy's was, I wear tight clothing, high heel shoes. Doesn't mean I'm a prostitute. The assumptions yeah. that we make about yeah. people when they do stuff like that. Oh, the lyrics is amazing. The, yeah, I mean, the song is amazing. But you do a song with all this right. rock guitar in it. Yeah. Why are they doing that? 
And for the people that said, we love that. We love that they're doing that. I was like, yes, go with us on our journey because we're not going to stay in that box. And I love that they took that chance, man. I, you can, in the video, you see me jumping up and down and I'm doing my thing because- Y'all killed it. Y'all killed it. You killed I, it, man. I, I, even more because this is what I grew up with. Cindy yeah. didn't grow up with rock and roll. Neither did Maxine and Terry. So I, it was like, oh my God. Oh, you can see it. I'm running. I'm running. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's why I asked that. That's why, you know, again, you know, like I said, at that time, I'm a young man. So my, my musical palette wasn't mature enough to- instantly catch on yeah, to that. I get it. it, caught, I get it. Caught, but eventually by the by you know within I got a couple you. Months, you got me. Yeah, yeah, you got me. And 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 this is the one I think you know the one that really got me. They really this they realize like these girls are legends. They if they stop right now, they're legends. They're they are etched in stone. Well, and the so one I'm talking about, the one I'm talking about is giving that one right, that's a classic, of course. Got it. But I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about something. giving yeah. him something that he can feel. The video <laughs> and the song, I'm going to be honest, I never heard of the original at that time in 1992. I'm not yes. old enough to Aretha Franklin's version from Sparkle. Sure. That was the first time I've heard that song. I, I love Aretha's version now. Yeah. It's a classic, but that was my introduction. But being a young man, seeing you guys on stage the sexiness and the sultriness that you guys brought i don't know if that's a word but <laughs> that you guys brought to that song was just I, it takes me back i vividly remember that time and i can see i i wanted to be johnny gill in the in in, in the crowd you know what he said that was that was me i wanted to be you know like, all i said I said, Dawn is, I'm going to marry her one day. When I'm oh old enough, God. I'm going to marry, she's going to be my wife one day. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to, I said, you at that time, how old were you? I was like 14. <laughs> yeah, I was like 14. Wow, I think you were just a little, I would have been in trouble if I'd have married you at that age. That's I, hey, I said, one day, I said, one day, I, I said, man, this woman is, all of you guys are beautiful. But Gorgeous. Yeah, we look so pretty in that video. I'm proud of us. The, the, the thing I love about it is that you show this sexiness, this, but it was classy. And just the energy, the raw emotions that you brought to that song. Yes. That's you know my what? favorite song. So if you I don't mind, saw, talk to me a little us. bit about that. Go I'm ahead. So I'm sorry. I'm I talked over you. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I never saw us as... I never saw myself as sexy until I saw that video. There is, and I think it might be because I'm singing lead, but I'm also, you tell me, what does it mean? And I look to the girls. It's just, I was so, um, I had a womanliness, if that's a word, I had a womanliness <laughs> about me. And it was so, I was so, um, I was so confident in my body. Talk about know? it. Mm -hmm. And 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 my movements and my sex appeal, you know okay. what I mean. I was just kind of like that. I was just very. Doing. <laughs> I want uh, the fans to know. I said, you know what you. I want the fans to know when they see this. Like, they. I'm telling you, when you guys, for fans who have never seen that video, yeah. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. You are. It's it's going to. You're going to feel it. Like that is something wow. that. I haven't seen since the, le the the last time I've seen something that's remotely close to that is when Destiny's Child performed Cater to You. 
on the I think the BET Awards, but again, it wasn't just uh beauty and and and, and it was just you know the 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 song itself, you know, the way that you took that song and yeah. made it made it your own. Like Thank again, I never, so much. I never heard of that song at the time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Aretha Riri's version is amazing too. There's some stuff that she does at the end, and I was trying to do it and my producer said no don't copy aretha do your own thing so i'm proud of that too because hearing it all those years i couldn't help but do what she did it was in my head it's it's right. still in my head she did something with her voice and i loved it and i was trying to do that and he said no just just bring your own thing so i had to find some stuff and pull some things out on my own and and we made it our own it really was it became ours you know it became ours um, it, it was originally for the movie Sparkle. So mm -hmm. I think the version in Sparkle is the girl group that was in the group, in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, Sparkle and Sister and the other sister that was in the group, in the movie. And I mm -hmm. think they had their version and then Aretha did hers for the actual soundtrack. Yeah, Curtis. But yeah, thank you so <laughs> much. Yeah, that video was sexy times a million. That was, that was. I, I used to be a kid, young kid, and I'm looking at Johnny, and I, you know, I'm looking at all the brothers in the crowd, and I'm like, I get it. I, I'm like, yo, I, I'm telling you, I remember when you guys came out, and like I said, like you guys were part part of my 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 my, my background as far as you know yes. growing up. You know, I vividly like I was able to be able to connect with women by. The songs that you guys, you know, what, what you guys put out, it was one of my. It's wow. it's how I I learned how to respect women. Um, and I salute a lot of you know, uh, Foster McElroy, how he wrote for you guys. But I asked this question. I want to ask this question. Like when they those guys were writing these songs, did you guys ever give them like a little input? You know, like maybe we should say it this way because you know we we are women. So if you don't talk to me a little bit Not about really. that. Not really. Um, on the first album, we co-wrote some of the songs, including Hold On. Um, but on the second album, <clears throat> once Denny found out that we actually went to MC Hammer. So once we came off the MC Hammer tour, right. um, I guess Cindy had a conversation with MC Hammer to tell him that we were not getting paid. And she came, to, I guess once they had that conversation, when we came back from the state, when we came back from overseas, back to the stage from overseas, um, he said, I'm going to pay for you guys to sit with my man and my attorney. And I want you to ask him exactly what the hell is going on and why mm. you guys are not making money. Right. Um, and cause there's something wrong with this. You guys are the biggest things on the charts. And you mean to tell me that you're only making two cents a record? Like, what right. is that? Oh my God. And so we sat with his attorney and he told us, oh, your deal is pretty dinosaur. Like you have a dinosaur deal, what they call. So once Denny found out that we went to MC Hammer's attorney, he, Pulled our, he revoked our right to write on the, on the next album. He told us we couldn't write on, on the Funky Divas album. So we didn't get to write on the second album. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So Y'all were looking forward to that. Of course we were. I mean, you, you heard, as artists, we were hearing that, you know, the biggest part of being a celebrity is what you write, is your writing skills. And no, being no, able to get nice. that um, in the long run, those checks that come in, your mm -hmm. royalties are what you look forward to when you're retired or you're not working any longer. No doubt, no doubt. So if they're making all this money off of it, heck yeah, we wanted to do the same thing. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Well, look, that Funky Divas project, again, I believe that went multi-platinum. It definitely went over multi-platinum. 
Well, the first album went multi platinum, second like, right. album even bigger than the first. So exactly. Three, three to five million on the first album, mm -hmm. five to eight million or this on the second, and even bigger. Because by the time yes. I left in '97, now you're talking about four albums, like I said. By the time I left in '97, we had sold 28 million records. With with, and I'm looking right here. We got five number ones. You know, yes. like you got two more number ones. You got uh, uh, my my love and never going to get it. That video, if again another one that just Yay. not just takes me back. I mean, I loved. Now it's time for a breakdown. That part I always loved. Yes. That part, and you be that all y'all moving. <laughs> Oh man, y'all look so damn sexy. I swear, man. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. <laughs> um, but you guys, you guys look amazing. I love that song. It deserved to be whatever it is. Um, that went platinum, I believe. Yeah. Giving him something that he could feel went platinum. Another number one yesterday. You surprised me with the uh, with that one. Um, that was uh written by the uh, the Beatles. Who who, who the Beatles. selection? Who selection was the uh, you know? That was Diddy again. These were uh, every song that you hear was Diddy's idea. Oh, okay. Because so I know because you mentioned you mentioned that you like the Beatles. That's why I, that's why I said that. Exactly. No, I wish I wish. But again, when I, when they said we were doing that, I was like, what? Well, how? Mm -hmm. um, because their version was so iconic. Again, I had grown up listening to that. So for them to uh, my, we had it in the house. My mom would play it all the time, just like my father. So for them mm -hmm. to say that we're actually going to redo a Beatles song. Right. Oh, wow. I was just like, to me, I wish we would have done some kind of little clip on that song. Mm -hmm. just a little what they call it epk electronic press kit or something just to record the acapella because it was so beautiful our version was all um all acapella i love that version i'm sorry i love it i like that better beautiful. than i like that version and i, I love to be i'm a diehard beatles fan but I, I do i like your version better yeah thank you so much That's and i'm not just lot. saying that i'm not just saying it because i'm no, talking no, no. To you know you it's guys okay, but thank you yeah, you guys, you guys, yeah, you guys, there's no music in there, there's only us. Yeah. You can hear the Actually, rawness of your voices in the full palm harmony. Sorry, I love I that. It, the beat does come in after, yeah. The second, um, when Cindy starts singing the second verse, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you had, you know, so I'm looking, you know, you got Free Your Mind, which I'm surprised. Um, like I said, I, I don't, and now let's talk about that a little bit. We, we mentioned that earlier. Did you ever hear any grumblings from the music industry or for fans when that song came out? Because I remember being here in Washington, D.C., I remember, again, I didn't like that song right off the bat. So did you was it did it ever get back to you? Like, what was the temperature in, in the in the info? They loved it. I mean, okay. again, we're not going to do a song that because we love it, too. It's like anytime you put something out, if Coca-Cola comes. So, OK, let's just give this I give this example a lot. Coca-Cola had the classic Coke from the beginning. It's been right. there since I was a little girl. I didn't know anything different. Mm -hmm. Then they came with vanilla Coke. Oh, what is that? Oh, I don't, oh no. Then they, I'm sorry. They came with cherry Coke, then vanilla Coke. Now they right. got lime. They have, you know what I mean? So you got to, okay. there's always going to be an audience. If someone doesn't like it, there's going to be 10 million people that do. Nah. So we couldn't worry about, you can't be creative if you're worried about, oh, they're not going to like it. Or what if they don't? You have to do your thing and be true to who you are, whether nobody likes it or not. You're going to find agree. an audience that loves what you do. No so doubt. No doubt. We didn't go in. You can't go in there with trepidation and saying, oh, my God, what if this doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't. That's not confidence. Right. You have to go in knowing that this shit is going to work. And if they don't like it, they will. If they don't like it, they will. It's like that. You know, no, it's a classic. It's a it's a classic. There's, it's a ten, classic there's well, how many billions of people on the planet now at that time? There was five, four, five billion people. Now there's 
11, I think 11 billion people. You cannot worry about one person or 10 people that don't like the song. You, you got to do it and have confidence in it. So we did get from BET, they said, oh, there's a little too much uh, guitar when we were trying to release it as a single and um, come with the, uh, the video. But the video was so fucking hot. Are you kidding me? You guys are not going to like this for one reason me. now? That would, that, I think that would turn me on to the video because I just heard the song at first. Yes. And then with a young kid, like open when I saw the video. Like, open your minds, you guys. Yeah. Stop yeah. being such sticklers for, mm -hmm. we like jazz. And we like, yeah. okay, that's great. Music is music. Yeah, music is and music. Also, the biggest rock star in the world to this day, and he's been dead 40 years, is Jimmy fucking Hendrix. He did it like that. <laughs> Mm. He came with stuff that probably I I don't listen to it. I love Purple Haze and I love um, Hey Joe. Um, I heard you well, shot your woman down. You know this classic songs that I love now, but I didn't grow up loving his music as much. But had you can't be you know uh, turn a blind eye to stuff that you're not familiar with. You have to free your mind, as, as we said. I totally agree. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, and and it became oh my god. I was again. You can see me in the video like I. <laughs> <laughs> the fans were saying jump, jump, right? And they were telling me to jump, like, uh, what do you, um, uh, crowd dive. Right. At the end of my, at, when you get to the end of the runway and free your mind, they were like, jump, and we'll catch you. And I was like, no! And I jumped out. They didn't film. They <laughs> cut before I jumped. Because I was standing there talking to the fans, yeah. and they were like, just jump, just jump. And I jumped out, and they weren't filming. They didn't catch it. But yeah, yeah. I was just, I was in my element. I was gone. I was mentally gone. I loved it, and I had a great time. And then all the girls did. Bravo, Cindy. Bravo, Maxine. Bravo, Terry, for doing something that was outside of the the norm. Like I, I said, yeah. you know, hey, this is the Bridging the Generation podcast, Dawn. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm hey, we gonna keep it. We gonna keep it real on here. Yes, so exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know how I felt now and how I felt as a 14 year old kid. You know, yeah, again, good, like yeah. like like I said. My musical taste was just maturing, and you yes. guys were a part of that. Yeah, good, good, Malak. I'm, so, I'm glad so, to hear that. You guys were part of that. So I'm sure for a lot of people, you know what I mean. Again, yeah, it, it's really good to step outside. You never know what you're missing just because. Oh, I don't listen to that. I don't like that. I don't eat that. I don't go there. I don't date these kind of people. I don't, you know what I mean? When mm -hmm. we lock ourselves in mm -hmm. to that box. Okay. All right. So look, um, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Hello? Okay. Anyway, so so look, here we are. The Funky Divas project, like you said, so 3.5. I'm not surprised by that because it was nothing but bangers that came off that project and it showed the versatility in you guys. Yeah, it I, showed think, the I think it was bigger than that. Like I said, we sold 28 million by the time I left in 97. So I think it was bigger than that. By the time I left, it was it was much bigger than that. But yes, it was. Listen, nah, yo, hey, Don, talk your Dude. ish. It's okay. Like, like, hey, you, you, hey, you guys got the credentials. I want people to know, like, this is a this is a legend. I'm 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 talking to right now. You deserve all your flowers. And I remember, like I said, I remember all of that. So um, here it is. Thank it's, you. It's, no, no doubt, no doubt. It's it's, it's nothing. So here we here it is, Don. It's 1993. And you guys come out of nowhere with this one. And yes. it was featured on, um, you guys put out an a EP. And then mm -hmm. it, it was also featured on one of my favorite female hip hop artists of all time. And you know who I'm talking about, Salt and Pepper, 
What a man. Oh, like, what a man. I thought you meant Runaway Love. It wasn't on oh, our EP. Was, oh, that wasn't on a Runaway Love EP? No, I don't think so. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. I know it was Maybe. on Salt and Pepper's uh It was album. their song, so it was on their album, but I don't think we put it on ours at all. Okay, um, okay. But we were in the video, and of course, um, so when you have a guest, if they were guessing on our song, then we would have definitely put it on our record. But because it was on their album, I don't think we did. Mm. I don't think we put it on our album. So, That's crazy. Yeah, That's it was crazy. Their, they asked us to be their guest. So it was their song, and they put it on their album. Like, I remember, I remember definitely being on Salt and Pepper, but when I, as I was doing my research, you know, because I like to, you know, make sure it's shopping up, you know, um, it said that it was on that project. But, hey, wow. you know. You know better than I do. But I don't I def- know. I'm not sure. That's why I keep saying I don't know. I don't think we did, but I don't know. You may be right. I definitely remember it being on uh, Salt and Pepper's episode. So let's fast forward. Talk to me about that uh, collaboration. How did you guys come to uh, working together? Uh, that was Sylvia Roan again. That was the label, um, I want to say, because it might have been our agents as well. Um, mm-hmm. So either the, our agent, William Morris, came to us and said, hey, Salt and Pepper wants you to do a song with them, or it was the label. Mm. saying um you know they wanted you guys to collaborate on a song called what a man and we did that was it yeah and that was their biggest hit i gotta say because of in vogue they had their biggest hit (laughs) um and we were glad to be a part of that and we had a we they brought us into their hip-hop world like we weren't a part of the street credibility you know what i mean they gave us that by doing that they gave y'all that no doubt yeah yeah that was was huge for us too so I remember also, you know, I remember at this time, you know, you guys was doing, a, you know, you guys were doing a little acting thing. And I remember you guys being featured on one of the funniest episodes ever of Living Color. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> that episode is one of the funniest episodes of in Living Color. Tell me, how was that called? What was that called, like, getting called to be on at that time to me in my world? the funniest show on television. What was that oh called? Oh my like? God, you said, yes, you said it, yes, you said it. It was a Talk great about show, that. yeah. Um, it was too funny to even get through the scenes, okay? Because mm. Jamie Foxx. A fool. A yes he Oh my goodness, that was crazy. Whose idea was that like? That's crazy. That was his, his idea. His He's idea for the whole skit. He's a genius. Um, well, I actually don't know whose idea it was because you have writers on on their staff for, right, for right. Living Color. So I'm sure that they all collaborated and what was that? But but on the spot, he probably did that woo, 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 woo part. You know? <laughs> woo! Oh, my you ever find yourself? You ever find yourself going back to that, like getting a good laugh out of that? No, no, not really. I don't. don't. Uh, The fans send it to me every now and then, but it's like you move on from the things you do, and when you see it, you're like, "Oh my god, that was funny." It was hilarious. I'm sorry. It was. It was was hilarious. hilarious. So you also. Can you you excuse me for a minute? I'm I'm edit. I'm I'm edit this. No problem. Please, please. Mom, I'm doing the interview. That's okay. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Sorry, Malik. No problem. I edit. Oh my god! I edit. I edit. That's why I do pre-recorded videos. <laughs> yeah. So give me a second. Then, if that's the case, I'm gonna close yeah. these lines. I'm sitting here with the, the window is dark and I have it open, and I don't like that. It's dark outside. When we first started, I had it on. I had it open. 
now it's dark and I want to close it. So good. I'm glad you said that. Okay. So um, in Living Color, yeah, they have a staff of writers and uh, I'm sure that they came up, you know, Jamie is hilarious on his own. So the woo 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 part, probably him. Funny as hell. He had these shoes, Malik. They were yellow just because everything he was wearing was yellow. If you remember, he looked like this. Oh my goodness. Size 13s, and they look like I'm sitting on a pillow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this pillow, like his shoes oh were god. massive. Oh my god, I was like, Where did you guys find them? Because <laughs> they were women's shoes, they were definitely right. women's shoes. They said, We found them at a store for oversized yeah. women or big plus women, plus size mm -hmm. women, but we had to paint them yellow to match the mm. dress. He had to match, you know. Oh my goodness, he was oh, he funny. he was ridiculous. He was ridiculous on that Stupid, episode. Stupid, dumb, crazy, foolish. Yeah, yeah. So, you also did. You was also on a different world too. Yes, we were. Different, yep. different, different world. world. So y'all, you was y'all was y'all was moving around in Hollywood a little bit, you know. Yeah, we were. We were. That was oh. such a. It was enlightening because Debbie Allen was teaching us how to act on the spot. We were learning mm. from her as we went along. She was very. Key to my character, Henrietta. Mm -hmm. Henrietta, uh, Henrietta. Yeah, we we all had glasses on, but she said, "Dawn," because I told her I don't know how to play this. I don't know, you know, what my how I should feel inside of this character. And she said, "You have to go up to everyone really closely, look right at their faces, <laughs> and squint and push your glasses up." Oh your my finger. goodness! Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like everybody from from their yeah. chin all the way up to their eyes you just go okay this is cindy okay this is maxine we all had character names but she's like yeah. play it like you really can't see mm. like all of you have glasses but you really you're really blind how thick know? were those glasses because they look like super thick they were just glass it was just like you uh. know because we couldn't wear them in the scenes and, and be able to see so it was just plain right. glass but okay. um they were super thick uh but it was regular glass so it didn't feel weird at mm. all Okay. No, I just like, I anyway, to... yeah, we couldn't have walked around with regular glasses, right. real glasses on. Okay. So again, um, you know, how did you how did you feel about you know all the attention that you guys are getting? And you know, like I always wondered, like, did you anybody ever reach out to you as far like modern? I know you mentioned that earlier, but I always thought like all of you guys are beautiful. Like, yeah, did anybody you, so you know you yeah. ever get like office for like modeling and everything, you know? We did a little bit of stuff, like we did some editorial stuff for interviews, but never anything modeling outright. Mm -hmm. um, no, and I think because we're too short. You know, for runway, you have to be 5'11", 5'10", 5'11". Damn. So they require you to be super tall. Now, editorial work in magazines, we could have done that, but nobody ever really reached out to us that way. No. Okay. Okay. And Cindy, I always thought Cindy should have done Pantene commercials or hair products because her hair literally was like especially after she started having babies the more babies she had the longer hair it got <laughs> um seriously and for your mom in a don't let go was it her hair was in the to the middle of her back and they still put a weave in so her hair went this way it was huge wow. in the video yeah <laughs> she didn't even need a weave her hair was so long <laughs> yeah so look so look so here here we are it's 19 i believe 1996 and it's the set it off soundtrack mm -hmm. and you know this movie came out of nowhere and i see you guys again Yay. looking amazing looking amazing as usual dawn taking the lead killing it as usual what was Thank walk you. me through that 
how, what was that like getting that call to be in one of this, you know, one of the classic movies of that era, you know? Exactly. Um, I don't even remember that part. I really don't. I, I want to say that we did the song and then they ended up putting it in a soundtrack. Okay. But I don't remember them saying, we're going to do this song for a soundtrack. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. <clears throat> and I wish the girls were around so I can ask them. But it just felt like we did a song and then they ended up saying, oh, that'll work for a soundtrack. Right, Sometimes right. they match up a song mm -hmm. without you knowing. And they'll just say, oh, wow, that song, you know what? That'd be good for... And it ends up that way. Gotcha. I got gotcha. um, you. I got gotcha. you. I don't remember how it happened, but to be, but when it did happen, oh yeah, my talk God. about that. Talk about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on, Malik. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. To this day, F. Gary Gray, I think, was the director, right? For from it? Friday. Yep. From the same director from Friday. Yes, you're exactly. right. Exactly. So to do a movie about four black women, first of all, you don't see black people robbing banks. Excuse me. You don't mm -hmm. see black people robbing banks and mm -hmm. to see four black women? What? Right, right. <laughs> that That's a classic. Happen, I hope they, they they do a lot of remakes and you know, I hope they leave that one alone. Like, you know. I hope they leave that movie alone. Well, you never know who's got a different take on it and who could who can improve it and do it different. I always say if we didn't do giving them something they could feel. I mean, True. that wasn't our yeah. song to begin with. If we didn't do... I digress. If we didn't do Who's Loving You on Hold On, that's Michael yeah. Jackson's song. You know, Smokey Robinson first, and then Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, and then us. And it's like, what the hell? Thank God. Like, you know, yeah. same thing with... Right. Uh, can't, just Can't Stay Away. We redid that. Same thing mm -hmm. with me on my own doing... Um, oh, that dog. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into it. So look, so look. So here we are. Yeah. 1997 coming out. And that song takes off. It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere in the country. Definitely here in D.C., that song is everywhere. You cannot escape Don't Let Go. Don't Let uh, Go, yeah. Yeah, you cannot escape that that song. Like, mm -hmm. that is embedded in, like, my 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 psyche. <laughs> it's in your DNA now, huh? In my DNA forever. <laughs> and it's one of those songs, like, when I hear it, like, I never got tired of it. Like, yeah, a lot of songs, yeah. I would hear it. I would hear it a lot, and I would get tired of it. But mm -hmm. so here we are, you know. In Vogue releases the, the, the third album, E3. And I look at it and I'm like, something is different. Um, mm -hmm. Why is my girl Dawn not on it the cover? It wasn't the third album. You, you missed one. You missed oh, oh, I'm sorry. Love. I forgot. I, that was the EP. Okay. I, I apologize about the Runaway Just Love. But history. I, no, I didn't, I didn't count that, but you're right. You're right. You're right. So um, I look at the fourth album, E3, mm -hmm. and I noticed something don't look right. Um, it's a little different. I see three beautiful ladies on it, but I don't see my girl Dawn. So I'm trying to figure out what is going on. I'm not really big into like, you know, like conspiracy theories and all of that. So when did like, you know, some of the turmoil of things that went on, when did that start? And why were you not, you know, I hear, I hear your vocals when I listen to the album. I hear, your vocals. Yep. I hear your vocals. You do lead on songs. Yeah. But what what happened with that album that caused you to eventually part ways? If you don't That's mind, such me a long story. But um, if you remember, the bridge you, version. You can give me the bridge version. It's hard because you're talking about years of history, and yes. but um, and there was a lot to lead up to that. So if I don't say the right parts, people are gonna think, oh, "Wow, 
They didn't do that. Well, that didn't make sense. I, so I try to put all the details in there so people really understand. It's kind of hard to break it into little pieces. But remember when I said when we first got back from London, the first time I was asking our manager, why aren't we making money? We're mm -hmm. huge in the States. Then we were so big in the States that they required us to come overseas. And now we come back and we're still huge. And now we're still broke. What is that? Oh, it's a pie in the sky. Okay. Um, and so here we are on our fourth album. And I told the girls, I told Maxine and I would, like I said, have those conversations. We're not making enough money. Let's get the other girls on the phone. So we finally got Cindy and Terry, all four of us on the phone. We have to do what's right for ourselves. We have right. a manager that is managing uh, our producers, Denny and Tommy, Denzel Foster, Miguel, Thomas Riolroy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's also managing us. So there's a conflict of interest oh, there. Interest, yes. Yeah, nobody's looking out for us. So we have to let David go. And we have to find someone else that can renegotiate our contract for us so we can make more money. You guys, we're making two pennies a record. Now we've sold all these millions of records and we're still making two cents right. per girl. Mm -hmm. There's a problem here. And... The girls were upset with me, but they agreed that we have to get someone else. So in the meantime, the record company comes to Terry and says, Terry, do a solo album. I remember that, too. So Terry did her solo album. No comment. That put the, uh, the three of us on hold. Mm -hmm. We can't move without Terry. We signed a contract that's four girls. So we can't do anything without her. And the label that signed her is the label that we're all on. So we can't go anywhere else. We can't do that's, anything else. That's weird. That's weird. And we, we, Cindy and Maxine were too afraid. I, if it was, if they had the same mindset as me, we would have left there. We would have sued the record company first of all. And won because you came, huh? I said and won and probably won. Probably won. Yes, exactly. We should have sued Terry, Cindy. We should have sued Terry, Denny, Tommy, and the and the record label. All of them should have been sued. Mm. Um, because. We're signed to a production company, which is too tough enough productions. And you guys are producing an album on Terry by yourself. That's crazy. It was insane. It was ridiculous. And we're not making money as it is. So now it's even worse. See, this is <laughs> the thing. See, like, I know you mentioned, like, you, you, like, I know you mentioned that earlier, but outside looking in, I'm going back to, again, I don't, a lot of times when I do interviews, I don't, I like to ask the artists. I don't like to read blogs and read this. Like, I want to hear from your mouth. Like, I don't know outside looking in, did things change? Like, I don't know, did a, did you get, guys get a better contract? Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, you mentioned it earlier, but I don't know, did things right, get better? Exactly. But that's why I asked that again. Like, I don't know if it's, you know. And we didn't have, I didn't have the press to, to be able to tell the truth about what happened. So that's why now I'm getting it out. But no, there right. was no. Because you hear a lot of things on the internet. Like, I, I read. I, you already know what's on the internet. It's a lot of different, oh, so-and-so said this, so-and-so. I try not to really get involved and, and get caught up in that type of stuff. So I, I want to talk to Mrs. Dawn, and I'd rather hear from her. Well, you're the, the fans can't do what you do. So they have to go by what's out there because that's all that's out there. And I didn't have the chance back then to tell the truth. So that's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Now I I'm guess. able to tell my truth. But no, mm -hmm. there was no... Um, there was nobody to have our backs at all, you know? And so we were sitting ducks and we were just waiting for Terry to do her thing. And here comes the record company. Once they put out two singles on Terry, whatever, wherever you are was the first single that was a ballad. And then she put out, what did I do to you? Was her second single. And uh, they gave her a tour support. 
we supported her. We went to her first show at the Pantages in Las, uh, I was going to say Las Vegas, in Los Angeles. We went to Terry's first show. Um, we supported her, but we're sitting there like, okay, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to lose my house because we're not, I'm not paying rent. Wow. Because I'm sorry, I'm not paying my mortgage because I don't have the money to do that. Mm. That fourth album was going to bring the money to be able to pay our more, my mortgage. Mm. And now they put Terry in the studio. So it was divide and conquer. Their timing was, if we do this with Terry, the other three girls can't do anything without her. So we're going to, yeah, they knew what they were doing. Wow, was, that's slick. It was, it was a strategic move to put her in the studio. And here they are, seven months later, they come to me and said, Dawn, do you want to do a solo album? And I was like, yes, Sylvia Roan, yes, I do. Yeah, because mm. I don't want to lose my house. So I said, yes, mm. I regret that because I didn't tell Cindy and Maxine that I was doing this. But Cindy and Maxine didn't hold Terry accountable, so I'm like, "Fuck you guys! Why am I going to be accountable to you right. either?" No, no doubt. It, no it doubt. wasn't right. It was not right at all. It was it was immature? Now that I think about it, or in hindsight, over the years, <laughs> as I've thought about it, it's it was immature, and okay. I should have told Cindy and Maxine what I was doing, but I didn't. Um, and here we are. Um, I did. I started on my solo album. I'm three songs in, and Sylvia Rohn came to uh, L.A and said, Dawn, we're gonna pull your album and we're gonna, um, I'm sorry. She didn't come to LA yet, um, but she said, she called me and said, Dawn, we're gonna pull your album and we're gonna uh, go ahead and do an En Vogue album. I said, no, no, you're gonna treat me the same way you treated Terry. You took her seriously, you did her album, you put it out, you did videos and you put her on tour, you gave her tour support. You fully supported her project, but you're not gonna fully support mine, oh no. Now, you're going to let me go. And as a solo artist, you're going to let me go. I'll stay in the group. Mm-hmm. And I did. I stayed in In Vogue, and I did that fourth album with them, which became the EV3 album. But, so, so, but, but, but Don, why, why yeah. aren't you, like, it's only three on the cover? Because they like, kicked me out. I haven't gotten there yet. That's why I said I can't oh, okay. it in a short story. Yeah, because that always, like, something ain't right. I'm looking at this album cover like, this is, I hear the voice. This is weird. I hear your voice. Yeah, I, I, don't, know. I don't see you. Right. You know? Um, yeah, I so, know your voice, distinctive voice. Sylvia Rome was pissed off. Thank you. Thank you. Sylvia Rome was pissed off because I outsmarted her. She didn't think that I was going to tell her that I'm going to stay in the group, but I want you to revoke my solo rights. I want to I want to leave. As a solo artist, I want to be over there. As a group mm. member, I want to be over here with the group. I'm going to stay in Vogue, but I want to also be on my own mm. here or by myself on my own. <clears throat> so my priority, though, is in Vogue. So I finished that album with them and all of that. And then when it got to, uh, we were two songs almost done with the album. So we were two songs from being done with the album. And Sylvia came to town to L.A., and she said, okay, um, when we got to Terry's hotel room, when I walked in, it was everybody that I expected to be there because it was a creative meeting. So our record company reps was with Sylvia and her A&R guy, um, Marlon, what's his name? I was going to say Marlon Brando, Dawn. <laughs> what the heck? So, his, so her A&R guy was there. Um, she, our managers were there. Our attorneys were there. And I was like, wait a minute. You guys aren't creative. And immediately when I saw them, I was like, whoa, that don't feel right. That don't sound right. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, um, 
Sylvia starts saying, well, I was telling the other girls that there can't be any hidden agendas in this group and blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, okay. Well, she said, Dawn, before you got here, I was telling the other girls that we can't have any hidden agendas. And I said, okay. And she said, well, you're doing a solo album. I said, yeah, but I haven't started it yet. So, and, and she said, um, well, we can't have any hidden agendas. We're going to put a lot of money behind this album this time. And we can't, we have to have everybody on the same accord. Everybody has to have the same mind and the same idea about what we're doing here. And I said, okay. She said, well, you can't do that with a solo album. I said, but Sylvia, I haven't even started recording my album. You know that. I haven't started anything. Right. And um, my solo album hasn't had any bearing on the En Vogue album at all. Mm. I've been in the studio with the girls. I've been recording every single day, just like the other girls. So my solo album has, it's not affecting the En Vogue project. And so mm -hmm. what are you saying? And she's like, well, you need to get out of that deal or blah, blah, blah. And you need to let us know if you're going to be in this group. And I said, but so... In other words, you can't compromise with me. Like, there's no, okay, Dawn, you know, because like I, I said to her right then on the spot, I said, I have I have used, and Vogue has been my priority. Right. Nothing that I'm doing over there has affected this En Vogue album. So mm -hmm. what what is the problem? I don't understand why you're so upset. Like It wasn't, but, but Terry did a project. Why was it and an I issue? Said that why wasn't it an issue that's what I said. when Terry, Terry said, did a project? Terry turned to me and said, because Terry was sitting on the couch across from me and Maxine. Maxine was sitting to my right on the floor. And so Terry was sitting facing Sylvia and and um and Cindy. And hold on, I'm sorry, my dog came in. And okay. when she when she looked at me, she said, Terry turned around. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> my dog. My parents. What's, nice. What's her turned, this, is, this is Lucy. Um, Lucy. she turned so Terry turned around turned around and said, um, it's just different. I said, well, I said, what's different about this? How? Thing? How? How is it different? How? Terry couldn't explain that to me. And she said, it's just different. It just is. You know how when your mom says you can't go out and play with your friends or something? and Because I, so. I said so. Because I said so. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Terry telling me that it's just different, that it just is, was not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And. See, this is what I'm saying. One thing that I don't understand, Malik, is that. Sent Terry Maxine was sitting to my right on the floor. She was right there. So she heard me loud and clear what I said. <clears throat> Cindy was sitting on the couch and she could hear the same thing. Why didn't they step in and say, What's different? Right. What's different about that? I, I didn't want to say I didn't want to I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I, that's yeah. what I explain it to me because Dawn is right. Explain what does that mean, Terry? What, what are you saying? Why is that different? No, yes. they didn't say anything. They just sat there and took it. Now, I understand the fear that you have when you're sitting there talking to the record label that could cut you like that. You know, the record label is like God mm -hmm. in our eyes as artists. You don't question what they say. You don't have, you're not supposed to be smart and outsmart mm -hmm. them. You're not supposed, you're supposed to obey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do what they tell you to do. And I'm like, oh no, you guys are not. I may be out on my own. I'm not going to sit here and take this with you guys because I was I was loyal. See, look, let me let me say this, Don. This is yeah. why I'm glad I have you on here. That's why it's an honor to have you on here because thank you so much. Again, a lot of blogs and a lot of things I've read in the headlines. Um, it says so many things about you, and mm -hmm. it says things about like I don't I don't know what is to be true, and I to be honest, I would rather 
I, I would rather just accept what you have given me as far as music and just take all and, and put all that stuff away. Or I will wait till someone such as yourself writes a book. And which we want to get into. We want to get into that because it's so much stuff that just say it back and forth, you know, and, and I, I, I I don't have time to decipher that, you know. All I know, well, Don Robinson, Don Robinson is, a dope, is a dope artist and involved a dope artist. So I, I appreciate, appreciate that, you. but this is the yeah. thing. What I'm saying is what I've been saying all along. There's, there's clips of me being in London with Cindy, Terry, and Maxine as in Vogue. In 1992 and 93, 94, way before I left the group, and I was in the the host would say, um, he said, one host said, um, so if any of you ladies um, would would you date a bloke that didn't have money? Because that's what they call guys. And I said, we don't have money. Mm, so there's little things that. like that over the years what? that I have said, and it's been yeah. consistent with me saying that we didn't have money. That we so it's not like I'm saying this now and it's he say she say. Well, this is Dawn's story or that's their story. No. All these years I've been saying the same thing. We did another, I came back to the group in 2009 and we were doing it to prepare for a 2010 20 year reunion. And we did a show called um, Private Sessions. And the host of that show said the same thing. She's like, Dawn, so you left the group. What happened? You left for a few years. And I said, yeah, because we weren't making money. We weren't making the kind of money that I thought we should. So it's been consistent. Yeah. And interviews and stuff like that over the years, this is not new. This is not just coming out now. And this is Dawn's side of the story. No, I've said it over and over. But back then, we didn't have the power of the press like we have it now. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't have the power of the press like I do now. So, yeah. And then even Cindy said, I wish, I don't know what interview that was because she hasn't a red top. And I wasn't in the group anymore. But she said, I really wish that we would have listened to Dawn and come together as a group instead of just kicking her out and listening to the record company. Mm. There's kind of little things like that where she said, we should have listened to her, mm. you know, instead of just pushing her out. Right. We weren't making money, you know, right. so it's not me. It's not just me saying this now. I've said it for many, many years. It's consistent. And, and, and you know, hearing you t uh, talk about that, it's, it's so sad. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, because, again, at that time, you guys were the biggest selling female group bar it wasn't to be honest no disrespect to brownstone escape who i love to death me too i love escape i love total total but mm -hmm. you guys were just jade. jade i can yeah we can go on and on um but you guys were just uh sw we can't forget them but you guys yes, were just sales wise sales, just, just off just off sales and all you guys were unique but something about in vogue was just I don't know, man. It just play. resonated and it connected with people from all races, all nationalities. Thank you. Wow. You know, genders. Um, you just, you guys just had that aura about yourselves. And I, yeah. I, 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 asked, I, can't I was on, on tour. I was on tour doing a play with uh, Babyface did a play because I don't do plays, but this one happened to be Babyface did all the music and it was a Dave Talbot play. So I know he's a great playwright and I was a leading lady in the play and, um, Babyface's brother, uh, uh, Kevon from After Seven, was oh leading man opposite me. And so all this music from Babyface, um, Love Makes Things Happen is what it was called. So that was a song with him and Pebbles. Mm. And um, Love uh, Love Saw It, I did that in the play. Ooh, with Karen uh, White. With Ka yeah, Karen White and um, Babyface. So it was me and, and, and Kevon. Mm. And I asked Coco when I felt comfortable, because she was in it too from SWV, I said, Coco as I got comfortable with her, I said, Coco, 
did we, did you make money in the group when you were doing your thing? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, when you guys were together, like at the top of your game, not at first, but you know, over time. And she said, Dawn, <laughs> she said, do you know, we made so much money off our first album that if we never recorded again, we would, we would be okay. No way. No way. That's and I was crazy. sitting there with, with Kevin and, and she walked away because she had to go introduce herself on stage. And I just sat there and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Dawn, I understand. He said, I, my brother's baby face and we didn't make money either. And I said, but I said, no offense to you guys. Wow. Come on. No offense to you. He said, we didn't make the kind of money we wanted. Not that we didn't make money, but we didn't do, we didn't make big money either. And he said, no, I said, no offense to you guys, Kevon. I love after seven, but I you guys didn't cross over. You guys were not pop. That's true. You weren't yeah. known overseas, like in Vogue, like we're yeah. global. Global, international international exactly and he said i know and then he had to introduce himself so he walked away from me and i just sat there and i cried and then i had to go out and introduce myself too and then i wiped my face and then i came backstage and i went and called my mother right away and i said mom you're not gonna believe like it's not to say that swv didn't deserve it mm -hmm. it's to say that we deserved it too that's what i was feeling why didn't we get paid like that where were the our numbers, millions? The, the numbers, I'm gonna be. It's 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 the numbers said that you guys deserve more. Like yes. you can debate who you like more or whatever, but the numbers said in Vogue sales more than everybody else. That's just but what the no, numbers. Not, not more than everybody else, but definitely no, more than no, 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 the female, no, 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 no. What I mean is the the, the female groups, the girls singing R&B. No, TLC sold way more than us. Is TLC like an R&B group? Really, I'm asking the question though. I mean, I don't know what I'd be honest, yo, for years I'm really trying to classify what is TLC. Like what do you mean? I mean, of course they crossed over, but so did we. So you said No, 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 what I, no, no, what I'm trying to say is like what do we classify as TLC? Is it rap? Is it R and B? I don't I've never like I'm I'm asking. There's more singing parts on the songs than there is a little sixteen bar. I saw a rainbow yesterday, but too many clouds have come and go. That's like, she only has a okay. little 16 piece bar. All right, I'll give that to you, Don. You feel me? Outside so, of the, outside yeah, of singing outside, they are a girl group. They never said that they no were a No disrespect to TLC. I just, I never, when I think of like my favorite girl singing groups, I'm going to be honest, I don't put TLC in that category. But you said numbers don't. wise. Right, right. TLC is a girl group. They have never been no, 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 other I, than that. Right, no, I just, I, what I'm trying to say is like, I did not know how to classify TLC. I did not, but you're telling me, okay. like, this is a question I'm asking, but you gave me a great answer. Like, I'm asking, you said, they are an R&B group. So I not, know, only, you know. not only is it TLC, that's just one group when we got stuck there, but you got right. Destiny's Child so way more than In Vogue as well. One second. Destiny's Child sold way more. Destiny's Child sold way more than and Vogue's. No, let's talk about it at, at that time. That's it, you know. One but for time. years, I said I was just talking about at that time. Like a lot of times, again, you know. But I'm, I'm not going to stay on that. So but look, was, so, so you you keep saying at that time, all these girl groups came out in the '90s. So what what time do you? The year that like, we came out, there was nobody out. The next year, there was nobody out. There was only in Vogue for a few years, and then when they started coming out, we're talking about all the groups that came out in the '90s. Jade Brownstone, ex-girlfriend, Monk and Steph, right. Black Girl, Black, um, Spice Girl. I mean, we can talk about a bunch of groups that came out in the 90s. And so, yes, this was all the same time. We were only together for nine, uh, seven years. Right. So after us, 
you know, I'm sorry, even in the time that we were together and the time before I left the group, let's just say I left in 97, all those groups came out in that time. So, you know, Destiny's Child was definitely a part of it. So it was TLC, so was Ex-Girlfriend, all those groups that I said. Did they sell as much as In Vogue? M much more than us. Destiny's Child and TLC. TLC, I think this, the fan, Crazy Sexy Cool sold more than um, fan mail, but fan mail was, that's when they were just like, they mm. couldn't buy a failure. They, it was just huge for them. They were Yeah, let, let me, let me and I, I don't, the reason why I didn't, I didn't count Destiny's Child because they when I think of it, like us, they seem differently. Oh, no, so no, maybe no, that's no, why you see it like that. It's not, that's not, not what I'm saying. Is when in vogue to me, the the in vogue era that I'm thinking of is the dawn era, in vogue era. That to me, that ended in '97. Correct me if I'm wrong, yes. So, Destiny Child come in '98. I'm not counting anything from '98 on, I'm only counting from. 1990 to 1997. But there's a bunch of groups that came when I was still out. No, no, no. I'm just talking about. Hold on, slow down. The group. From 90 to 97, we got in Vogue. Only group that sold more than you guys is TLC, and I'll give you that one. That's what. That's all I'm I saying. I don't know. I, okay, so I'm not looking at. I'm not taking nothing away from nobody. Whatever happened, it was a girl group era of 90s. Right. 90s was girl group heaven. Just like the 60s, you can't say only right. because Diana Ross and the Supremes came out one time. Nobody else mattered. No, you know, I'm, you know what I mean? You have to give. No, that's, not what I'm, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm giving credence. I love all these groups. I'm just saying nobody sold more than you guys. But TLC, you correct me as far as TLC. That's all I'm saying. Brownstone, they sold. They went platinum. SWV, all of you guys was going platinum. You guys was dope. All these. I just told you that SWV said that they sold more than we did and they were rich. So I don't know what numbers you're looking at, but they were out at the same time as us when I was in the group, when I was there. That's the order. Which, hold up, hold up. Which project sold more than Funky Divas from SWV? I have no idea. I don't know. But how can they be rich if they didn't sell that much? You can't not sell albums and be broke or be rich. You have to sell a certain amount of albums for you to be, because you got to pay. This is how the trickle down system goes. The IRS gets theirs, then your then your record company, then your producers, then your managers, then your pe all these people got to get paid. So in order for her to say that they were rich off their first album, they sold a lot of albums. I, I'm, no, I'm not questioning that. Yeah, Definitely. they had to. So yes, they outsold En Vogue. Wow, I just learned something new. <laughs> I definitely, I did not, I did not realize that because you guys, like I said, you guys were huge so anyway let's uh let's fast forward um here we are um it's, it's 1999 i believe uh mm -hmm. 2000 and you join uh lucy pearl yes. so tell me about you know linking up with uh rafael sadiq and ali shaheed muhammad you know how did you guys uh come rafael to, uh, came to my manager at the time cassandra mills and said that he was doing a group and he knew that i was in between deals and at the time i had two deals on the table one with virgin records one with rca um, I like the RCA deal better. Actually, Bob Jameson flew me, excuse me, me and my manager and my boyfriend out to New York, the boyfriend at the time, out to New York. And I liked his deal a lot more. I love Virgin for the label that they are and how they started with um, Richard Branson starting a label, you know, being in college. I love the history of Virgin, but I didn't like the deal they had on the table. And I love the deal that RCA had. But when I heard about Raphael saying that he called my manager and she didn't tell me about it, like I was like, wait a minute. 
So you told Raphael that I wasn't going to do it, but you didn't even tell me that the, the opportunity existed. So I fired her. I fired her immediately because <clears throat> it had been a lot of things that had led up to that. And we were going head to head on everything. And I'm like, first of all, I am not a new Jill. I didn't just get in this business yesterday. I know what I'm doing and give me that respect. Right. I'm not saying I know it all, but if I respect you, do the same with me. And she, I don't like what you're wearing. We're going to cancel this uh, meeting. I don't, I don't, yes. Yeah. So she and I, we kept butting heads. And when Raphael told me that he asked her that about Lucy Pearl, he didn't know a name yet. He didn't have a name for the group, but he had an idea to do a group. And um, I was like, I think this is brilliant. Mm. I think Tribe Called Quest meets and Vogue meets Tony, Tony, Tony makes a lot of sense. And Raphael, I've known you since we were kids, since 16 years old, mm. and I trust you. So I think this is a great thing. So I called Bob, I fired her. And the following day I called Bob Jamison in New York. And I said, Bob, there's this group idea that Raphael has, and I think it's so special. And I think it's just like, I think we're gonna make history. And he said, well, what is the name of the group? And I said, well, there's no name yet, but he has an idea to do a group, a right. super group. Hmm. And I just think it makes sense. And he said, well, I don't agree. Like, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work. And I said, well, sir, I got to turn you down. I got to turn down your offer. So I turned down RCA and I signed with Pookie Records, <laughs> which is Raphael. And I signed Raphael, his yeah. label to, it was another production deal. So Pookie Records through, I want to say uh, Left Bank Management is the, Alan Kovac, whatever his label was at the time. Because he had a management side and he had a label side. So mm -hmm. we've, we signed to the label side and it was hell. Great album. Great, brilliant, brilliant work in the studio was so brilliant, but I didn't look at my contract and underline things and do the details that I usually do with a contract. So, um, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out because Raphael didn't want to pay me what he deserved, what I deserved again. So, yeah, because we always, you know, a lot of fans always ask, damn, that was a classic album. It was and classic. Not, it just was. The, not just dance tonight and don't mess with my man, which I. I'm looking right here. I can't believe that wasn't higher on the charts. To again, here in DC, that play that was played everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. I, I, yes, I don't understand how that that song. I don't even want to say what it did on the charts. You know, it's the, funny. It's funny, I, Malik. Um, overseas. So don't let go. Don't don't let go, Dawn. You're in in Vogue land. Dance tonight <laughs> did well here. Right in the states, it was huge. Overseas, it was nothing. You couldn't buy a hit over there for nothing with that song. As soon as we put out Don't Mess With My Man, it was huge overseas. It was number one. Over I here, see why. Like, it was I like that. over here in the States. I like that song hate. better. I said I like that song better than Dance Tonight. Yeah, but it didn't do I, well here for some reason. It didn't do both well. Of them is, both of them are great, but I always like, like you're singing. You... Like you, you kill it on that in the video. Yeah, and everything. thank you so much. I felt good about I felt great about the whole project. It was such a a labor of love. It's so eclectic and different. And me and Raphael together, our voices, just everything about that project was so beautiful. And it was not planned. And we didn't go in the studio and say, we're going to make this type of album or we're going to have this kind of sound or we're going to, it was just yeah. work. And that was it. It was just beautiful. It was, it, was, it was a great album for like, you know, for like a young adult. I'm a young adult at this time. And it was just, you know, down to the uh, the album cover, I thought it was yeah. just beautiful, you know. Yeah, thank you. I love I love that project. Um, and unfortunately, it was about greed again. And um, 
And jealousy with Raphael was more jealousy with me because he was used to getting the attention. And here you have a girl in the group and it's like, what about me? You know, he kept, he kept asking that to different um, journalists that we'd be doing um, interviews with. And I'm like, wow, you are really showing your ass. It's you, you kind of work display like you was really coming out of your, your, your you know, I don't want to say shell because you always did your thing. But it seemed like, man, I could see you being like this huge star, like on your own, the way, you know, from the wow. look, I love the way that you used to dress, you know, down thank to the. Thank you so the, much. You had a uh, star quality and I, and yes. I, and no disrespect. And I, and I don't want you to take this and, but I'm going to be honest. I, or oh, when I think of Invogue, I don't know why can't explain it, but I always think of Don Robinson. Like she's to me, she's always been the face of Invogue. Thank you so much. I can't explain that. If you wanted me to go into detail, I can't like, I don't know why that's just <laughs> like, I, I, love because, I love Cindy. No, I love Max. I love, Terry, they all dope, but they all got great voices. But if you ask, if you get a bunch of me and my homeboys here in DC, and you ask them who was their who was their favorite member from Vogue, they gonna say Don Robinson. I'll be honest. Well, you you started to say as if I was gonna argue with you, but when I argue, with you, <laughs> I have an opinion, and I'm not gonna sit here and let you say something that is not true. So that's why you need to I'm listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on now, you listen to me, Malik. You listen to me. So, but. Um, I agree with you on that part because I think it's because I did the biggest hits in the group and I think I had the fire that it took to propel us. I think I had that like feistiness and, and it would come through on the videos and not that we all didn't have a thing, but my thing was fire. I was feisty. I was not going to tolerate certain things. So you would see my anger. You would see my hell no we're not going to take it that we're not getting paid well enough you would see that come out mm. uh not not um what do you say what do you call it when you're when you're outright thinking a thought and you think it and you you uh project that consciously yeah subconsciously exactly we come out subconsciously because i was pissed off that here we are i remember leaving the, the video set from free your mind my sister was there. She's actually in the video. So she's in the crowd and she's got this thing on her head and she does something. She's real sexy in the video. And I, I had, know that I was, was holding my nephew. What'd you say? I didn't know that was just, I know what you talk about. Yeah, I didn't know my was... sister's in it. And I was holding my nephew while she was doing her scene. And I was looking around at everybody like, this is crazy. Like we got, we're going home broke. You know, yeah. when I got my car to leave the set that day, I was like, where's the money? Where's the freaking money? Like what? No way we would have thought that. Like outside looking in, to me, exactly. you, guys, you guys were superstars. Like again, yeah. and, I, and even to what you're saying, I'm gonna be honest. And I, again, what I'm saying is my opinion. But I got a couple of brothers and sisters. They they would attest to this. Um, we thought you guys were bigger than SWV. Like we looked at we looked at in Vogue, and no disrespect, because I it, it, ask anybody, Coco is my girl. All them girls are phenomenal. But yeah. I just thought. To me, and here in DC, in my world, my little world, growing up, in Vogue were megastars, and SWV was stars. They were like the around the way girls. They were like the round we like. But we that was, that, that, in my little world. That's why. I, that's why I say that. You know, Malik. No, it's not in your little world. You're absolutely right because 
their image. They always said that they are the around away girls, sisters with attitude, sisters of voices. I'm sorry, sisters with voices. So they they did even their album cover was jeans. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. Your perception is right. Don't get me wrong, but when it came to sales, I don't even know how to explain that part. We had our videos were so much well, it took us to get to you can't see it from here, but to get to can you see yeah, that's see that's the mm -hmm. um that's the uh funky divas album. That's it. And so when we I, have that, I, I, I own all your projects, let let that be known. I own every well, I well, every, every, I don't know, know you own it. Thank except, you. Except after you left. No, yeah, so. I got you. But but what I was showing you that for is to say it took us to get to that second album for us to come up a notch. Our class mm -hmm. rose to a different level. Our videos got better. I love Don't Go on the Desert. I think that was really beautiful. But by the time we got to Free Your Mind. Okay, so by the time we got to that album cover. Funky Divas album cover, we had a level of class that was the now we became in vogue. Like I said, we had a team of exactly. our hair people, our makeup <laughs> artists. We were on fire. Mega stars. I'm telling you to we, us, you were mega yeah, stars. We came up, we came you guys wasn't notch. stars. It was mega stars. We came up a notch. So we came up a few notches. So that perception became we got bigger, our image got bigger than the fact that we were not making money. Mm. Our image got bigger than our contract. Mm. We were only okay. making two pennies. We never renegotiated. So that's what I say. We, our image was big. Our image was huge. And, to, and, and from the outside looking in, oh my God, these girls are rich as shit. Yeah. They must each of them own mansions. <laughs> yeah, each that's what I was. Own, you know, Rolls Royces <laughs> and, and Jaguars, and, and yeah. they're rolling around with MC. You know, yeah. I remember having a meeting with um, Chris Stokes and. Chris Stokes had, um, what is that group? Mature and B2K. B2K, yes, exactly. And and he said, he we wanted to, he said, you guys have never had the monetary, he said, you had all the fame in the world, you were huge. If there's life on other planets, they know who En Vogue is. Yes. But you guys do not have, I want you to have the kind of lifestyle <clears throat> that, when you step out of your out of the grocery store, or out of the car to the grocery store, you got paparazzi all around you. Right. You never had that. You don't have the money that matches that fame. Mm. So the perception was, he said, nobody thinks that you guys are that kind of big, huge stars because you don't look like Britney Spears money. You don't have the press outside the bank when you come out and they're taking pictures of you at dinner, coming out of a club like, like Rihanna or mm. Beyonce or Pink. Mm. You feel I never, me? I never looked at it like that. Yeah, so that is why SWV didn't have that kind of fame either, but apparently their money spoke differently. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it just seemed like you crossed over more. It just seemed like you were more of a crook. Like, we you did. guys. They didn't cross over at all. We did that's cross over. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. They weren't caught like that. That's what I was saying. Like, I always looked at the audit, the band, the group, artists, whatever you want to call it. But um, their contract said different. No argument there. There you no go. Argument. So that's the difference. They had a better call. I asked her, I said, what, how is that? How did you guys, you guys sold that much that you, you were rich off your first album? She said, yeah. Like she said, we had a manager, a female manager that was a beast. Mm. She didn't play. She knew that if we didn't get paid, she didn't get paid. Mm. I was like, oh my, who's your manager? 
those points. A lot of people forget about those points, those points. The points and the percentages. Yes, exactly. So I can't, I don't know what to tell you, but the perception was that we were rich and that we weren't, and, and the reality was that we were not. Right, right. No. Okay. Well, look, let's move on a little bit. I remember um, also around this time, I remember seeing you on, a, I believe it was a magazine cover, but I could, I, 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 this like threw me for a loop when I saw that you were signing with Aftermath. Mm -hmm. And, you no. know, around this time. No, it wasn't math. It wasn't Aftermath. I never signed with Aftermath. I signed oh. with Jimmy Iveen. I signed Interscope. Interscope. See? Okay. I apologize again. Okay. I remember you, you um, you know, that that was surprising. Like you stepping out of outside of Atlantic Records and you be moving over to Interscope. And you know, around that also you around that time you finally uh released your first project, which was long overdue. I've been waiting for this project for years. Yeah, and thank you. when it came out, it, it gave me just what I asked for. That dog hey, project. Oh my goodness. Just what I asked for. Um, wow. Talk about finally getting because you mentioned earlier about you wanted to release this solo project and boom, you hear over at Interscope. I apologize, not Aftermath, That's but you it. really you go ahead. But and, this is the thing: you got a few things, the few things that are mishap here. So I I went from En Vogue, which was Atlantic, and then I signed to um, Raphael. So I didn't right, go right. straight from because you just said you know, went from Atlantic to, right, right, to yeah, Interscope. Yeah. So I didn't do that, but I um, Raphael. I'm sorry. What is it? Uh, uh, I signed my solo deal was with a, a label called Q Records, QVC Homie Shopping Channel, Home Shopping Channel, wow. on TV. Wanted yeah, to get yeah. into the music business, and that's who I signed with. So that album came out under QVC, not Interscope. Okay. So so I went from Lucy Pearl to Intersco Interscope, and because Dr. Dre, this is how I looked at it. My manager and I talked about it. Um, by now, I had a new manager named Trudy Green. <clears throat> Trudy Green had Rolling Stone. She had all these pop groups, and I wanted to be with her because I thought she could take me where I needed to be. So she said, Dawn, I don't think you need to sign to, in a, to Aftermath because Aftermath is too new of a label. It was brand new that year. Dr. Dre hadn't proven himself as a label yet. Time, if you yeah. get on that label and they fall apart, then you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And if you have a, if he's your producer and he's your label and you have a problem with, with, um, with creative or being in the studio with him, then who do you go to? Because if he's oh. your label and your manager and your producer, then you have no one to turn to. There's no one to, to go to bat for you in a sense. So I didn't sign to Interscope, uh, to Aftermath, I signed to Interscope. That didn't work out because um, Dr. Dre was working on, he was working on... <laughs> Eminem's Eminem. album, Marshall Mathers' first album. Mm -hmm. That was a huge project. As we know, he became the biggest rapper ever at that time. And he was working on King T. He was working on all these other rappers. And he, was, he wasn't getting in the studio with me as much as I needed. So every day I'd come in and I'd work on all these other people that he had, but never him. It was never me and Dr. Dre, except when we did the Firm Biz thing. Oh and, yeah, how could I forget about that with Nas? So, yeah, did it's something else, yeah. Right. Oh my goodness, that is a classic. That is a classic. Thank you, thank you. That so I did all these projects with everybody else, but it wasn't him and I, you know, mm. working uh, on my stuff. 
So right. after a year, I was like, okay. My manager said, she went to Jimmy Ivey and she said, we got to get Dawn out of there because it's not working. She's just sitting around. She's not really working as much with Dr. Dre as she is everybody else. So I did some great songs out of there, but they didn't end up on my record. So when I got to, then I went and signed to Q Home Shopping Club. And that's exactly, so Q Records, they started, they wanted to be in the music business. They signed me to the R&B side. They signed Jimmy, what's his name, Dawn? Um, Jimmy, I think. No, 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 I'm so sorry. I didn't mean Jimmy. Oh, New Kids on the Block, the youngest one in New Kids on the Block. Yeah, I'm, I'm lost. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, never... New Kids on the Block. Um, Joey McIntyre. Um, and oh, that's the one that's saying, please don't go. Please don't go, girl. Please don't go. Yeah, I like that song. Right yeah, there. Go exactly. Ahead. So <laughs> he, did, he was doing a solo album, and he called me one day, and he was like, Dawn, this is after 9-11. First mm. of all, the Q Home Shopping Club called me, Q Records called me and said, okay, so we just let the guy who signed you to our label, we had to let him go. His name is Alan Rubens. Um, he has been embezzling money from our company. I've so heard that name. I've heard he's big in the music industry. Yeah, he was embezzling money. And um, so they had to let him go. And when the person that signed you to a label is gone, the, the, the love for you and the the attention that you're getting is gone mm. because they loved me at Cube Hope. It, it was just falling apart. They were like, mm -hmm. this is not working. And so they dropped Joey first and then they dropped me about six months later. Um, and also in between there, you got 9-11 happened. So everything was just falling apart. Mm. It wasn't the right that, time. That was a that was a really I feel like that's one of those um, albums that got got lost in the shuffle. I love the it track. Did. You. I, I I have it. I remember it. Like I said, I might forget what label it came out on, but yeah. like I said, I remember that uh, seeing that on uh, you know video, Soul BT, and you know it was a dope. I thought it was a dope project. Well, I didn't do any. I did uh, one video um, for Envious. The first yeah, single was, like, was Envious, and then I didn't do any more singles. By then, it was over, so I didn't get to do Set It Off. Would have been a great video. Mm. Uh, Get up again would have been a great video. There's some great songs on that album. Thank you. I'm I'm very proud, but no, it didn't get the light that it needed. It deserved. Yeah, it was it was a dope project. So so um. Thank you. Yeah, we go. We go fast forward a little bit. Here it is. It's uh 2013. Okay. 2013. Wait a minute, Malik. Now it's been over two hours. <laughs> yeah. Hour and a half. Oh yeah, we we done. Yeah, pretty no, much. No, go ahead. I'll ask your last. I'm just saying that because I have another call. Because you said oh, no, an hour. Oh, I, I apologize. I'm gonna edit all right. We're good. We're good. We're talking. It's right. good. But I'm just letting you know. Just yeah. Okay. Um. So, so look, here it, here it is. We about to wrap it up. Um. You know, I just wanted to ask you. You know, like, what is you? What? How do you? You know, feel about the current state of R&B today? You know. Current R&B. Ooh, I can't even say that I know what's out there. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed because I wasn't prepared for that question. Mm. I know the songs, but I don't know the artist. Just put it that way. Um, if you name some people, why don't you name some people and then I'll tell you if I know what they've done, what they're doing. I mean, I'm just asking, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I I still listen to 90s R&B like it just came out yesterday. But yeah, Ari Lennox. Too. Go to Ari Lennox. You got Jasmine Sullivan. You have Jasmine is a beast. She's amazing. That girl's yeah, dope as hell. 
Yeah, her. Um, Lettucey. I love Lettucey. I yeah, like her. It's, it's, um, you got some artists, but um, personally, you know, a lot of people say that the music of today, the rhythm and blues of today, it just, it just doesn't give you that feeling that it once did. I and, think um, people are just resisting because it's new music. I think it's, you know, when we were kids, we used to hear adults saying, um, you guys turn that music off. Oh, music has changed. It's different. You know, and, and so I think people just resist because it's not the 90s. It's like they want to hold on to the 90s. Um, music has changed and it's just different. And I think there's some great artists out there because I hear their songs and I like them. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, I, there's some stuff that Rihanna does that I love. There's some stuff that um, I can't necessarily say. I love I love Cardi B because I think she's silly and I love her whole thing. I love when she talks, she's just like, so what's up? So like, you know what? So like, so like you gotta like, so everything is like this and it's all like <laughs> New York and it's all like that. But it, but I can't say that I love WAP. I think she's not responsible when it comes to putting out lyrics because kids are gonna read that. Listen, I should say to that stuff. So I'm always thinking on that level and she's probably gonna say, well, what are you now? Cause you're like, you're like old and stuff. Well, maybe I am, but I do feel responsible. She's got a daughter now. And I think about our children, you know, being over-sexualized and stuff. So I'm always conscious of that as an artist, whatever I put out, old or not. Yeah, and I have hits. So mm -hmm. I can say, what, you know, how I hey, see the business. Uh, you know talk, your, talk your stuff. And, um, and, and one thing about you guys. And I'm not putting her down. Like I said, I love no, 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 her. She's I a great artist. But uh, I am responsible. And as an artist, I think we all should be. Um, okay. so I can't tell you the rap today, young rap artists, all this mumble rap and stuff that they call it. I can't even, there's no Jay Z's, think, like we, you know, there's no you, you ever think we're going to get back to that? No, huh? no, nah, nah, I agree, I agree. Not to not to cut you off, but I, I, I wanted to ask this question like, do you ever think we're going to get back to that era where we're going to have all these great, you know, girl groups like we mentioned, Jade and Vogue, SWV, just. The gamut is just so many. You think we're ever going to get back to that point? We're going to get back to, we're going to get onto something new. We're not going to go back to what we did, but I think we're, everything that goes around comes right back. Like blue jeans at one time had bell bottoms like this, then they came skinny, then they came this, then they came that. Now they're this again. You know what I mean? Everything changes and comes around in circles. For a while, it went uh, from the 60s girl groups to the 70s with Emotions and Sister Sledge and, um, like you said, uh, the Pointer Sisters, and then it was the uh, the '80s where there were no black black girl groups pretty much at all, except uh, the Cover Girls. But Sweet Sensation, I want to say, was black girls too. They may have been Latina girls as well. And then it was Expose and the Bangles, like I said, and the Go Go's. Oh, and I forgot LaBelle back in the '70s as well. And then so the '90s came, and it was a whole explosion of us again. Now there's no girl groups. I haven't seen in 2000. Uh, Danity Kane. Um, you know, but the, are there any R. Kelly's anymore? Like, you know, where's the Maxwell's? Where's the Luther Vandross's? Like, we can say um, there's no white girl groups either. There's no Bengals girl. They were playing instruments. Right. You know what I mean? There's no groups like that right now that are white girls that are playing instruments. So it's just, I think music is taking a turn. I think because the industry had such a big hit, it got hit because it had to... The, flame, the playing field had to be leveled. The, 
The labels were getting all the money and the artists weren't getting shit. And Napster came along and wiped them out. Mm. Took everything by surprise. Mm. And I think now independent artists are coming around and they're saying, you know what? I don't need a major label to do anything. Somebody made a joke the other day and said, Dawn is too old. Well, should she think somebody's going to sign her? You know, at this age, they're going to sign into a major deal. And I was like, dumb shit. I don't need a major deal. I don't need a major a major label to sign me to any. Are you kidding me? Like, who needs a major label now? I'd be crazy to go back to what broke me in the first place. They they ripped us off. You don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yes, they do. Because these are the people that were angry that I left in the first place. This has to be. It wasn't a fan. Because fans don't talk like that. It had to be our producer. She's too old. Well, she thinks somebody's good. Artists don't talk. I'm sorry. Fans don't talk about labels. They don't know that language. So that's why I knew it was somebody on the inside. And uh, and I told the fan to go back and tell that person that is on the inside that I'm not smart. I'm smarter than the average artist. And I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I'm smarter than the girls that are in my group. The mm -hmm. former girls in my group and i'm not the average artist and i'm not going to go out and so i'm not excited about signing with the majors anymore you that don't was need back it. in the day that was what that's i did back then because i was excited and i was i was grateful for that right so i'm not trying to sign with a major today mm -hmm. you go right to oh what is it i still i keep forgetting to bring my notes with me but there's so many great labels online labels mm -hmm. I have social media. That's where you build up your name with the fans again. And that's what I'm doing right now. No Any music that I drop tomorrow was is going to be a hit because I have done the work. 85, now you're my 87th, I should say, uh, interview. 87 interviews in three months, four months now. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> and I don't need the majors to do anything for me. The majors are trying to figure themselves out. They're all discombobulated right, right now. They don't know. Mm -hmm if they should stay or they should consolidate or right. if they should let go of this department or that right. department or, you know, they're always confused and they don't know right. what they're doing. So why would I want to be there? Mm -hmm. I go straight to the fans myself directly and I don't need, a, so I think things are coming around now where, where fans are going to get back to real music. I shouldn't even say that. Oh, that's, that's so rude. It's let me so interject. Can rude. No, let, no, 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 no. I, I want to say this. No, I, I got to clear this up. I'm sorry. I got to do this because I said real music. I'm getting back to, as if to say that they're not doing real music. That's not true. I'm not going to do that to them. That's not right. It's not right. Creatively, they're doing their thing. And this for this era of 2000, that was the type of music that they were doing. So the Stevie Wonders of the world are still out there. The, the, the Shaka Khans, the Rufus Shaka Khans are still out there. It's just a matter of now music is going to come around full circle and it'll come back to that. So thank you for letting me clear that up. Yeah. I wasn't going to really correct you. I just wanted to add, like. But I had to correct myself because I no, just I left that out there. And I'm not going to do that for no, people to watch your interview right. and say, what yeah. does she mean by real music? I like No, 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 no. But but to be honest, a lot of people feel that way. But let I me say this. I had to a lot of people up. Understand, understand. A lot of people say the problem that they find with a lot of current music, it's not the actual music we miss. We miss the voices. We miss the voices. Keep, if you look at, like you mentioned, music from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the music from the 60s didn't sound like the 50s. The 70s didn't sound like the 60s. The 80s, we start adding more technology. We kind of stripped down the live instrumentation. The 90s, and but all of you guys had 
very distinctive voices. You had these great singers. Now we don't have those voices that brings us in. Change the music. Like, let, let, let me finish. I don't mind. Change the music. Let, keep the music. Keep the music. Keep what you're doing. Don't change the music. Like, whatever you guys are singing, that's fine. But can we get those voices back? Can we get those pure, raw, sultry voices that that's what we're missing? And these are the conversations that a lot of people my age, older, slightly younger that we have. That's, these are one of the things that we miss. We miss those raw voices that wasn't, um, you know, uh, that, that, that wasn't studio enhanced. You know, there's a connection that you have with an artist such as yourself, uh, such as Coco. When we hear that, we know that like this is raw vocals. This is. She's singing from her soul. So that's one of the things, to be honest, that's a really the main problem that we really have. We don't mind the music. Keep the music. Just can we get them singing? Can we can they start singing again? That's it. That's not true, though. So can I talk? Are you done? Let us see. We just talked about her. That baby. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. If you're saying girl groups are you yeah. just saying in general, please be, be clear mainstream. what you're saying. Mainstream. You. Ma mainstream. We want to hear that like. There is no mainstream because there's no labels. The labels are shit. They're falling apart. They can't even keep themselves going. So how are they going to support artists? You have Rihanna. You have Beyonce. To me, they are singing. I like their voices. I don't think I can. You can't compare them and say that they are not in vogue because they're not in vogue. Nobody's in vogue. SWV wasn't in vogue. Right. Jade wasn't in vogue. Jade wasn't mm -hmm. SWV. They're not anybody. Nobody is nobody. Everybody has their own distinct lane. So to, to take away from these artists today and say that they're not singing like you just said, that's not true. There are artists out there that are doing their thing. You know, there's incredible artists that are really singing and doing their thing. It, it just takes the passion, I think, has to come back to music. Um, the musicianship as well. I think live instrumentation, Denny and Tommy, like I said, Denny didn't play like Tommy, but Tommy brought that that piano. Um, then they would have live drummers come in. Lucy Pearl's project, we had live instrumentation. I could say That matters. Yeah, that really matters. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to say, I, I'm sorry, I think that Jasmine Sullivan is one of the best. At, she is so incredible. I think right now, Jennifer Hudson, too. She's amazing. She's she amazing. Jasmine Sullivan's amazing. I, I'm sorry. I love Jennifer Hudson, but I think that Jasmine should have been chosen to play Aretha Franklin because Jasmine sounds a little, she's got that old soul behind her voice a little bit back there. And she looks, nose-wise, she looks like um, Aretha Franklin. She has her nose. So she looks more, she's got a flat face and she's got that nose like Aretha. So I just thought, and she's kind of chubby like her, like she had that fullness about her look that I thought would be better suited for Aretha. But um, you got a lot of singers. You got, uh, what's her name? I'm just, I'm drawing a blank, but what's the girl from Floetry? The girl from Floetry? Marsha Ambrosius. Marsha Ambrosius, come on. You got a lot of great music, um, a great artists that are out today. No, God, excuse me, I'm so sorry again. Oh, my parents got it. Um, no, yeah, you, just it's just like we miss when we just miss the days where we, we missed the days where we didn't have to search for it. Like it was just on the radio, and it was a balance, you know. Like keep the TLC, keep the whatever the Beyonces, but just give us more of a balance, you know. Like there's TLC no, there's wasn't no balance. There's balance. no balance because you have to pay radio. You can't pay radio if you don't have a label giving you the money to do so. All of this stuff is attached to other things. It's not just the artist. 
this payola, it's all called payola. You got to pay to play. If you don't have the money to do that, you're not going to be on the radio. There's all this stuff going on. So, so now I think it's, like I said, it's coming full circle. Just give it some time. Don't give up on music. Um, and there's going to be different artists. It's just different. That's all. And, and, and so, yeah, it's going to come around again. I was going to say, I'm going to do music. I'm going to do new music. Um, and bring back that. I know what you're saying. There's a passion that was in music in the nineties. And we don't hear that today. It was in the seventies too. Marvin Gaye, please. Where's he? Where's Marvin Gaye now? It was just like, you know, back in the day, it was just like there in your face. And these, the artists that you mentioned as dope as they are. I can go, I can name, I can name more. I can go to Vivian Green and we can keep going. You know, it's just, I just miss when it was just like right there in my face. Like it was, you know, it was just right there. I didn't have to search. And there was just such of a balance, like, you know, even in hip hop, you know, that's one of the things that we just miss. You know, we, we know there's great talent. It's great. People say, oh, there's no more great hip hop. It's a lot of great hip hop. I feel like we're in a golden era. That's the genre that I cover for the most part. But you have to search for it. You have to be tapped in. If you're a casual music listener, you're not going to know of these artists. A casual music listener, they knew about In Vogue. They just don't know about the some of the artists. That like I told you, the industry is changing. It's not just the artists. If you don't have the money to pay radio, radio is not going to play you. But you know, the fans, we, the most fans, they want to hear what they, they go have. They don't understand that, you know, and, and even me, I'm just learning this, a lot of this stuff as I talk to artists such as yourself, you know, we want to hear what we want to hear. And, but I, I get it. You know, you got to pay to play. Well, the, the artists that were paying, the labels that were paying to make sure that they're artists, because they want to make money. Right. So, so they don't guy. care about the music and they don't care if the fans don't hear, but they do business. care about the artists that they have, that they can right. pay radio to play that's why you hear it every hour you hear the same song over and over which for us worked thank you jesus that they kept playing free your mind thank you that they kept playing never gonna get it or hold on had they not done that pay to play thing you wouldn't have heard of in vogue it's just that's a fact we didn't especially then because we didn't have social media so yeah thank goodness y'all had some phenomenal talent yeah. yes we did thank you thank you in mind. So I got to get going, but thank you so much, Malik, for having me today. It's an honor to have you on the on the platform, Miss uh, Miss Dawn Robinson, the legend, the icon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, hope you have a good night and you too. take care.